Alright YouTube, what's going on? It's going to be down and coming to you for Penguin Style Masao Japan. It's going to be episode number 38 here. Finally got my guy Jake Jones in here. Um, Jake, just like, just getting right into it, man, because you know, I don't do like the whole script thing. I just like to talk regularly, man. Like we've known, I think the first time I heard of you, man, was um, uh, it was back in 2009, yeah. and I looked at your thing and it actually lines up. It's 2009, it was D1GP, and Andy and those guys were like, man, we got this guy Jake down here who's fucking ripping it up and all this stuff. <laughs> And um, at that time, I was actually what, – what what was your first Matsuri, by the way? Was it spring, summer, or autumn? Uh, oh, Matsuri? Yeah, at, at uh, Ibisu. No, I went to Ibisu to drive for Team Orange. So it was like a, oh, yeah. it was like a private um, training setup. Mm. So I've never actually done a Matsuri, eh? Oh, so on, on your thing, so the Matsuri, is that like the, is that Matsuri in uh, Australia? Yeah. Or? yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. I got, I was like, man, shit. Cause I, <laughs> but I did, they did, they were post your name because it was an S13, I remember, S13 Sylvia, a white one, and it had like orange or something on it. And you were driving, were you driving that car or was it another guy? Nah, it was a, because there was, there was a South African there, there was me, yeah. and then there was a uh, Italian dude, mm. and we were all sort of training getting ready for the D1GP round, the oh, diver okay. round. So um, yeah, yeah. I was in a orange, like the Team Orange school car, the S14. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. It was, it was, but it was before that because that was like, what, 2000, what, 2012? Yeah, that one was, yeah. Yeah. But I still heard, I heard of you around the same time that I went to, because I was, because I, I guess when Matsuri came out, all, the guys who couldn't go over was like, hey, let's start our own Matsuri. Yeah. So there was like a confusion. Now there's a Matsuri in Europe. <laughs> there's a Matsuri in Africa. So everybody just kind of took the Matsuri name and ran with yeah. it. But yeah, that's, that was like the first time I heard of you, man. And then, you know, I kind of start following you know, things back then. And um, the one thing I noticed, man, just looking at your, um, and I'll bring it up here in a second, uh, just looking at like your, your, um, uh, your driver's record, man, it was impressive because, like, you didn't stick to just one uh, area. You didn't say, I'm only going to do D1GP or D1NZ or, you know, so you moved around. So what was your, like, getting into drifting, what was your, your initial goal? Were you, were you going to compete or you wanted to initially aim for the pro stuff? Yeah, I think, like, at the start, I kind of, I jumped into competition and then really got addicted to it, you know? Like, it's just like all of us, we get addicted to some aspect of drifting itself. Um, and so I suppose the addiction of competing just sort of made me want to push as far as I could. And mm. that's when I, uh, I first hit up like Mad Mike in New Zealand. Uh, and then that all happened in 2010 and 11 when I shipped the, the Sonvia I got over there. And then right. that was an absolute disaster of an adventure, man. Yeah. Like just everything went wrong. Um, yeah. but then after that, uh, obviously partnering with Yokohama, uh, we then did the Team Orange thing, went to Japan, and then that's where I met um, James Tang, who then got mm. me to drive for him in China. Um, and I, I don't know, like everything you sort of do, it just leads into the next thing, you know? Like it's, right, right. It's just a, I don't know, I, I just look at it like if you keep putting the effort in, you know, people notice that and it just sort of 
Right. It's just like you, man. Like, look what you've got yeah. now, you know? Like, it's just... <laughs> it's crazy yeah it is crazy man like when you look back like because i look again i was just looking through your uh you know your your profile and everything and it's like man you don't even like back in 09 when you started man and then you look where you're at now and it's like you had no idea you want to get there and you can see you can see actually in your events like you say when you meet guys then you meet this guy then it this guy opens up this door and it, you know and it, it works that way and yeah. now um, that's the biggest thing. What I try to tell guys, man, is just like, um, just get out there, get track time. And, uh, I mean, it motivated me because I, I kind of, I did the wrong thing. I think, well, not, well, being a foreigner here in Japan, of course, everybody wants to do D1 GP. Yeah. So I, I, I aim, I spearheaded for D1 GP so much, man. I didn't look at drift muscle. I didn't look at, uh, MSC and all those events I could have been using to pad my, my resume, which now my resume just looks like D1 GP, a bunch of did not finishes or, you know, I didn't place or whatever. And then I disappeared and then came back. And then I went from no points in D1 GP divisionals to getting pro license under uh, King of Asia. And then that kind of fizzled out and everything, man. So for the guys looking to come up in, in, a, in a sport, man, what would you say? What, what would you uh, you know, advise them on, you know, things to look out for and, you know, stuff like that? Yeah, it's, I, sp- I suppose, like you said, man, like um, being based in Japan yourself, like that's, you, you've already put yourself like yeah. right in the deep end before you, yeah <laughs> it doesn't matter where you begin man they're like yeah. the best in the world so it's yep it's um i mean for dudes in america there's a huge like lead up to the top series now like there's so many mm. comps and um i don't know if they call them state level events like we do in australia but we've got like mm. state-based championships in like my home state and victoria mm. and then there's um Queen, I, I'm pretty sure that, yeah, there's stuff in Queensland like mm-hmm. and WA. There's there's all these things you can just build yourself up slowly with. So, right. And, you know, you gain experience there. You get, um, you, get uh, you know, in touch with companies and then you can build a relationship and uh, create, you know, sponsorship off the back of that. And then the best thing you can do is basically build yourself up to begin with, get some companies on board that just want to see you succeed. Right. and grow with them you know like it's yeah yeah it's just a you got to start small you can't really just sort of jump into something massive right. you know like a yeah or you can but i'm just yeah it's not it's not gonna look good <laughs> and the thing is it's very noticeable when the guys who just got a lot of money they buy their way in and it's a common thing i mean i'm, I'm sure that happens everywhere that where there's there's you know uh, money involved uh but you see those guys they never really finish well they never they're never really competitive and then they normally just fade away yeah and they never come back um but they do in the states they do to have um i mean even though i'm in japan i still keep up uh, with different uh, areas because i plan my thing is uh i'm in japan this is my home base but my business will allow me to compete worldwide one of the places i want to get to is australia because i talked to like you know guys like lou fink pickering uh, yeah. all those guys and I was like, yeah, I want to get over there. The, the event that uh, uh, Luke ran with the, uh, I guess, the Toge style dude yep. uh, deal, that looked pretty cool. A lot of guys wrecking their cars there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, just getting around, the one is the one in East Estonia where they're doing like oh. a, a modified a BSU jump. And that. I, I got to get there, man. So it's just like it's worldwide. And, again, it's weird that I'm in Japan. I have access to all these tracks. But I've kind of – 
been here so long that I'm I'm not jaded by it anymore. Yeah. So it's like I, I want to see different places and everything, man. But again, for the states, I was saying is the states do have uh, what they call it, the feeder series. So each state will have like a little their own little conglomerate of drifters or whatever. Then the guys will normally get noticed. Um, they'll go for their, um, you know, they'll kind of drive when the event, then they'll get like a license to compete in uh, pro two. And then from pro two, if you survive that gauntlet, then you can go to pro uh, pro one Yeah, and everything. So, you know, the, the biggest thing is, um, for everybody worldwide and it's the same everywhere. I think it's just like, you know, the money. So for your program, man, I, I've seen what I've noticed about you, man, is I, I noticed you when you hit the, the sun via, we still, I mean, you still got it. You ran. You you're, you look like you were like kind of like a F one program, man. Because like you were you were pulling the engine out every weekend. You were checking things out, but what that was translating into is you like beating the hell out of the car and the car lasting, man. So and your and your I guess and your what's your concept for I guess you know track time to seat time to like maintenance and stuff. What, where do you keep your uh, I guess not asking you like your secrets of your wish come, but what's your idea of like a, a balanced car and you know what you what you should what you should you be doing in between events to keep the car going? Yeah, well, I think uh, that's a really good question actually. So because you can, like you'd know, you can build a car that's extremely easy to drive and mm-hmm. extremely easy to maintain. Like you could literally go get an S13, put an LS in it, run a, a T56 gearbox, uh, mm-hmm. put like a GDR diff in it. And in the state comps or whatever around here, you could literally just like lazy drift it sort of thing and quite comfortably do well each round. But mm. with mine, you know, it's, it's just like you. We've got a – it's a personality thing in our cars, you know. Like it, you can tell with yours, it just screams personality, you know. It's, it's yeah. And <laughs> I try to reflect that as well. Um, so that's why I've got the RB. I've never given up on it. Um, yeah. that's why it's really high strung, you know, it revs way more than it should. Uh, <laughs> I'm like ruthless on the drivetrain, you know, like clutching it when you don't need to clutch it just to make it sound better. And just, yeah. it's just, <laughs> I beat the hell out of it. And then that's why I'm yeah. always like stripping it down and checking everything. Cause I just know there's going to be things wrong with it. So, right. um, in between comps is more important than the comp itself. Maintenance is mm. huge. There's no question about that at all. Um, right. So that's why I do it. You know, I still do it to this day. The RBM3, the Beamer, that gets, man. Yeah, well, I'll definitely talk about that one. <laughs> but the, the, yeah, man, it's like, you know, that, that's... Um, Sorry, bro. The, the, the thing about it is like, you know, a lot of guys, when they, they build, they kind of build. And I see, I, I got a, a, a shop assistant here right now, and I'm showing him the same things. Like, for example, when he's putting the engine together... It's not, um, you know, completed. He will bolt the, the cold pack cover. I'm like, dude, you got to check, you know, spark plugs, check all this stuff. So a lot of guys I see when they build cars, they kind of finalize them and they don't they don't build uh, with the with the mindset of maintenance, like quick maintenance too. Like, you know, I've seen on your car where you, um, uh, a lot of guys' car, you know, they cut the bell housing out and not the bell housing, but the firewall. Yep. So you can actually access the tunnel and it's just easier, easier to go in, easier to come out. You don't got to get no weird, stupid angles and everything. And that means you can pull it out in 15 minutes versus, you know, 30 minutes to try and get a longest stitching in there. So, like, you know, stuff like that, I definitely know that with your car. I actually, actually, I actually implemented some things in my car by, you know, looking at your <laughs> car. So, you know, just to show you, man, it's, you know, you definitely, your work you do and everything out there and the driving is definitely influential. Even the guys, you know, who people just like, oh, man, you're up there in Japan. You got to shop. I'm like, dude, everybody is influenced by somebody, yeah. man. You know, no, no matter what. So, um, like, and then, like, you know, with the uh, leading from the S13 
uh, to the BMW. Um, again, props to keeping the RB, man, because so <laughs> many people talk shit about the RB, don't understand it. And one of the things I see is guys who have uh, RBs with some cheap electric fans and no ducting, or they got they don't have the clutch fan, or you know, I'm like, you can run an electric fan as long as you got you know ducting and cooling. So it's and so many guys, you know, Jay Z this, Jay Z that. They're cool, they're smooth. I like them. I build them too. But RB is just, I like it, man. They've got a uh, so, that's extremely unique sound. Eh? It's yeah, yeah, it does, man. It does. So like for the going leading into the the uh, BMW, when did you acquire the BMW, and when did you get the idea to? I mean, I'm pretty sure you do do the RB anyway. So yeah, yeah. So I got that uh, that BMW in two thousand, like late two thousand and fifteen. It was, I think it was either early 2015 or late 2015. So right. I, um, I first time I seen that chassis with a Liberty Walk kit on it, mm. I just, I, I don't know, I was like kind of drawn <laughs> to it because it just looked really freaking good. Like, yeah. it's like, man, that would be an amazing drift car. And it was kind of before anyone was really um, using him as a drift car as well. Right, right. Um, I had no idea whether or not it'd be a good, base to run a drift car out of sort of thing or anything like that but uh and i I honestly thought it was out of reach like those things were 160 grand uh from factory you know like to buy from bmw or whatever and one day i was on as that night shift at work and i was just in on gumtree and you know how you like (laughs) gumtree sound like yahoo or yeah yeah well i go i go on gumtree a lot man. oh yeah even in japan Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, I go in there because right now I'm looking for a Barra, man. So I got a, oh. a, 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 yeah, I've seen it. I want the thing is, with, uh, uh, they, with, uh, I'll, I'll talk about that. Let's go yeah. ahead. Oh, right. So um, I'm on Gumtree doing the normal like RB26, look through everything. RB25, look through everything. Uh, you know, just yeah. whatever. And then I'm like, I might see if there's a E92, like M3 on here. <laughs> like a wrecked one. And uh, yeah. put it in and boom, first ad is a shell sitting on a pallet. And I'm like, no way. Like the front rails were a little bit kinked, like it was a written off chassis. Yeah. And um, the dude wanted 10 grand for it. And I'm like, what? That is nuts. Like no one's going to pay 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, literally as soon as it caught to like 7.30 in the morning, like because I was on night shift, I waited Mm -hmm. and rang him straight away. And I just said to him straight up, I'm like, hey, man, this is what I'll give you. Uh, Take it or leave it. He's like, yeah, done. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> and then I've just gone, it was all the way in Queensland as well. Right. And I'm in SA, so that's like a 22-hour drive. Yeah, man. And, uh, it's like the Australia. Well, I want to definitely talk this. Good point. <laughs> go, 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 go. And um, so anyway, I'm like, right, I'm, I'm buying this. I literally wired him the money or bank transferred it, whatever it is. And I'm like, i got to get this car now. And so I rang up a tow truck company. I'll first arrange with my mate Levi Clark, who lives up there, and I'm like, "Hey man, would you mind if I just dump the shell in your backyard?" And he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> sweet as." So, yeah, got a tow truck, picked it up, dropped it at Levi's, and I didn't actually get the car in my possession for a couple of months, so it stayed in his backyard for a while. So, mm. big thanks to Levi for that. And um, then it all just sort of started. Like it rocked up to my house eventually, and it was on a pallet. There was no subframes. There was nothing like. Mm. It, and it just, I don't know, just escalated. I, I never thought I'd get a shell to start with. So right. once I did, I just fully committed and and just 
yeah, as you can see, I went crazy with it. Like, right. Yeah. So, so over from from start, because I mean, I, I followed it loosely from like again from getting the show to you know your place to completion. How what was the duration uh, of that? So, uh, to the first drive, it would have been probably eighteen months, yeah. which was pretty nuts to be honest. And um, the reason it went so fast was because I had companies that basically agreed, if you get that car finished, we'll come on board to basically help you run it. Right. Uh, um, which, you know, in all of our eyes as a drifter, it's like, that's a jackpot. If I can yeah. if I yeah. <laughs> get this car to basically be self-sufficient with companies on board that want to see it running and whatnot, right. I'll get it done. And then it's just smooth sailing from there. Everything's just going to keep. But as soon as it was done... Right the company's pretty much pulled out and it's just like uh, oh yeah and, yeah. and that's like the, the parts that's the part that a lot of people don't realize even when they see the cars the sponsor cars um i got a taste of it firsthand which is kind of why i i i seem well when initially again when you first got your first sponsor you're like you know you're happy and everything yeah. and you're like posting it around then after you get into it you realize sponsors like they it's like a business agreement and they are in it to make money. And a lot of guys don't realize that. And then they don't realize even with sponsors. I should have known this because I talked to you, Alex Fife for a while back at Formula Drift. And he was like, dude, he was driving the RSR S2000 at that time. He's like, dude, I still pay for everything. Yeah. I still pay for tires. I still, I just pay a little bit less than you will pay. But I still got to pay for transportation, fuel, hotels, food, and all that stuff. And a lot of guys, they just see the car on a track with stickers on it. So, like, in your in your opinion, man, um, not not down. I'm not trying to talk bad about sponsors because they they definitely help. So, in your opinion, uh, from the privateer guy who just does everything himself, uh, to the guy who has sponsors, um, how do you find your balance there and uh, not over commit committing, but not under under committing? Yeah, well, that's a very good point. The the commitment level. So, no matter what you're doing, sponsor related. If you commit to something, you always have to over-deliver. It's, it's like a must, you know? Like you say you're going to do this much, realistically, you've got to do that much to, right. to not only maintain the sponsor, um, but to basically put yourself above anyone else they're sponsoring or, you know, it's, it's not like don't give up everything and, you know, like make yourself go broke because of it sort of thing. But right. um, it's, it's just putting in the effort. It's not so much you know, spending more money or whatever, you just got to put in more effort to put yourself above what you said you were going to do. And then it pretty much like locks that company in um, for the future. But unless, you know, things change, budget cuts, all that sort of stuff, you know, you would have heard it all as as much as I have. And, um, it, it, you know, some companies take advantage of it, which is unfortunate, but yeah. you also got to be extremely careful. It's one of those, it's, it's really hard to like, I don't know how to say it, but like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, man. It's 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 uh one of the things I see is a lot of the uh, guys who um they get like they'll get a sweet ride for about a couple years, and then they'll disappear after the company realizes they can't afford to you know compete in Formula Drift or whatever. Then they just kind of because they they could never do it themselves, but they had the skills to drive. Um, and the company's like, hey man, come on, you just drive. I'll do this, do this, and for two years, three years is great. Then the company pulls out, backs out, and then just flips their their program upside down. Which the car 
for most time doesn't belong to them so they can't just take the car and go drive and um i seen that and i was like man you know while i'm kind of like kind of coming up i was like man i really don't want to be in that position so my cars i, I want to own all my own all my cars and not be under like the um i guess the thumb of the company yeah. that way if they pull out i can still kind of you know it, it'll suck either way it'll be punching the stomach but you can kind of rebound and you still have your car yeah so and you know, I know that for all you, all your cars are your cars, yeah. you know, and that's the cool thing. I mean, unless I know you go to China and they got a car set up yeah. for you, that's a different thing, you know? So, but still you got your own primary cars back home and you, you're not like without anything. Yeah. Um, so getting into the, um, uh, so like the China, like going from, uh, so be, uh, actually before I, I keep all my stuff in my head, man, I don't do, <laughs> I do mental notes. That's good. Um, so, so one thing for the, um, I want, I always wanted to ask you this, man, because yourself, uh, Mike, uh, and a few other drivers, I feel like you guys are more supported and more like I don't know, I don't know, I want to say known, but outside of your own country, you seem like you get more more love and <laughs> like how I mean not that I mean I'm not trying to cause any drama with any of you guys there, man. But how like would you explain how how can you explain like the uh, the difference between like guess Australian drifting, uh, you know New Zealand drifting in America, drifting in Japan, uh, and the level of support, it, it kind of seems like you're, yourself being a uh, caliber to drive you are, kind of seems like you're on an island, and it's like everybody else, and then, like, they just kind of, the guys who can't get to that level, just like, ah, man, this dude's like, you know, they talk crap about you. Yeah. Man. So do you feel, um, do you feel like you have support from Australia, or is, how, how does that feel for you, man? Oh, definitely, it, this is an awesome question, because um, yeah. I definitely, like, definitely have huge support here in Australia, but, uh, right. it's, you, you do get more support overseas. Like that's going to come across really bad. And right. no, no, all the, all the Australian fans that do love what I do or whatnot, um, they might take offense to that, but it's kind of like, I don't know if it's just cause it's the Aussie way and everyone's just super chilled and it's like, Oh, that's, right. that's Jake. Like it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's just one of us. Like it's, yeah, it is what it is, you know. Um, and then like when you do go to another country, and it's like, oh, that's a dude who's not from here, and it's like, right? Yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it's a really hard question, man. But um, mm. but then also on the on the hate train, man, hate's massive, you know. Yeah, you've experienced <laughs> it. I've experienced yeah. it. And the hate thing is just a. I don't understand it myself. Like it's just a yeah. People will literally hate you for the pure fact of not being able to be in your shoes. But right. if they were in our shoes, they wouldn't put the work in to sustain it yeah. anyway. Like yeah. So I just I don't. I think that's where the hate comes from. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just the, the reason I ask because I, I you know the, the the internet. I think we both got in the game or came along when the internet's like, I, I started like 99. So it was like right when internet was like, you're leaving. I mean, before it was, I didn't get internet in my home until like 2002 or 2000. Yeah. 2002. So before that I was going to a library. So like, of course the internet was all slow 56 K. <laughs> there was no high speed DSL was just about to come out. And, um, so I got in the game right when, you know, digital, like, you know, uh, cameras and everything. So pretty much my whole career, from 99 to now it's been documented with what film and pictures. Yeah. Whereas the guys before that time, it was just, they did it. They knew about it and there was only Polaroids. Um, so we come out with the age of the internet, man, where everybody got to the opinion. Everybody has an, a Yahoo account. Everybody has a Twitter account. And it's like so many people, uh, just sit home and it's like, I guess because they can't be there. They don't have the motivation. They don't want to work. They just, they just kind of pull down, try to pull down everybody else, yeah. man. 
And um, I seen and the thing what I'm getting at is I seen um, just on the forums. I've been around everywhere, and I would see like you know some guys like, hey man, Jake's red guy, this this and this. Then other guys would be like, yeah man, well he, he's this and this. I'm like, dude, you don't. You seem like you don't even know the guy, and it's like you just seem like a jealous a jealous person, man, who just you know who would never be there because that mindset of being like that, they focus so much on bringing you down that they just loot they're wasting time versus. Yourself and myself, you're getting ready for events. I'm getting ready for the events. I'm doing business. You're doing business, and we're just not really even paying attention to it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so it's, it's you know, you know, I mean, I just, I mean, again, for me to you, man, it's just like again, I've, I've followed you. Um, I mean, I haven't met you in person, man, but I just, you can just tell, man, by the way people interact with others. I've seen your videos and everything, man. I'm like, dude, this guy's, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't get the the hate I've seen on you. But only thing I could, I could kind of bring it down to is. Guys are just straight up jealous, man. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Is that like? It has to be, you know. Like I, I the um, I don't know what else it is because I've I've even had people that um, you know, you would have had it too. Like when they actually meet you, yeah. They then at, oh, at the end of the conversation, it's like, oh man, I I wasn't expecting you to, yeah. Even even <laughs> stop and have a chat, and it's like, right. what? Why wouldn't we? If we've you know, yeah. like, yeah, sure. If we're busy and we're flat out, we got to you know, get to the next yeah, yeah. thing or whatever. It's yeah, like, yeah. hey, sorry, man, I've got to go. But, and if if you're in an event and it's freaking lunchtime, someone comes up to you, of course you're going to talk to them. Like, yeah. why? I don't understand how people just automatically go, <laughs> he's too arrogant to talk to me. He's not going to talk to me. Yeah. It's like, if you, yeah. If you come ask. I, I don't know. It's, it's probably like in an in a, in a event. I mean, and during the competition, it's like the mindset. Like you get, like you know, of course you're not gonna entertain somebody right when you're about to strap into your car, yeah. buckle in, because you're you're getting you're thinking about your lines and what the judges want in a in a drivers meeting and all that crap like that. Um, but the uh, you know, for I mean, kind of case in point, man, is when I you know I reached out to you to do the podcast, man. It was like instant, instant yes. <laughs> and another guy, I mean, not to call people out, man, but I've I've. Um, I've uh, contacted some people who I've I've known on Facebook for years, and I figured they would be like in in on it. They just like it says red, oh. nobody's seen it, and it's like it's like you know what, man? It's, they they probably don't see they don't number one. A lot of people I, I don't uh, take put this against them, but a lot of people don't know what podcasts are, so they're like, what is what are, what are we going to talk about? So they don't know like how deep it is, yeah. how much it moves, and things like that. So you know, if Joe Rogan called these guys, they probably would know him for fear factor. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go on a podcast. Yeah. They don't know what it is. So I understand, like, you know, you got to get, you know, this is episode number 38. Um, the quality is, you know, gone way up because I got the studio here. Yeah. And um, it, it's like, um, again, man, thanks for, you know, doing it, doing it, because a lot of guys just like, oh, well, I don't have time for this guy. And, and the thing is, once it gets bigger, I I hate to be this way, but I'm, I'm kind of going to ignore them. Yeah. Because it's like, if you can't do it now, man, what's what's going to make you do it later on, you know, when I'm at a 200 episodes and I'm getting like a thousand views, you know, per minute and stuff like that? Yeah, 100%, man. That's, yeah. yeah. No, and like, I, it's not like a, uh, I see it and like when you sent me the message, I never, yeah. I don't look at it and go, oh, I'm doing him a favor. I'm going, holy shit, this dude wants to help me. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the way I look at it. This is yeah. it's the, this is huge the, the, for me, you know. It's like uh-huh. I know it's your show, but it's <laughs> yeah. Like I'm getting more. St- I mean, have you have you ever done a podcast before? I've done a couple. Um, couple yeah, I did one. Oh, I can't remember who it was with now. 
God, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> My memory's terrible, eh? Like, yeah, it's all good. No, I mean, well, you only probably had like four hours of sleep, man. I had three. But, but yeah, man, it, it's um, it's uh, my my the way I look at it, man. It's like uh, for example, di- everybody know you know. I mean, of course, you know Daigo Saito. Yep. Everybody who who drifts, you know, should know Daigo Saito. Kind of like you know, I kind of when I bring up Suchia, uh back when I started, I watched drift ball like five hundred times, probably in the first year. Uh, so a lot of guys now, when they get they're like, what's the drift bobble? I was like, ah, man, you guys don't know what the drift bobble is. And then to, then to actually drive it, each one of those tracks that he drove it was like a major bucket list thing that I did. But uh, as, no, as known as Daigo Saito is in our world, when he steps outside of the drift world, people are like, who is this Japanese guy? Like they, It's like, so as known as you are in, in your discipline, when you're in your lane, um, my thing with the podcast and with the social media, man, it's just like, there's a lot of guys in your circle that never heard of me, and there's a lot of guys in my – and, well, I wouldn't say drifters. Everybody's heard of you who drifts, who follows it, but there's a lot of people who I who I uh, talk to who are not into drifting, and they'll probably see this podcast like, oh, man, it's Jake Jones, and he's the guy with the, the viral video going around the internet and everything. <laughs> that, you know, so, so now it's putting a face to the video and the driver. Yeah. And um, so that's my thing with this whole podcast, man. It's just like bridging, uh, bridging the gaps and, again – just vice versa, trading out circles. Uh, so that's my only goal with it. Um, um, I don't, uh, I don't know if Rogan pays people to come on this podcast. <laughs> he probably has to, but I mean, he has like I just had uh, the with Tony Stark dude on the other day, and um, so I, I, I'm not getting into all that stuff. But I mean, for me, it's just right now, it's just trading uh, lanes and everything. So kind of like segueing into that because I got I got the um, a note right here in Australia, man. Is it just people only live on the coast, east and west coast? There's nothing in the middle, or how does it work? Like right in the center? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like for it is for me, it it sounds like there's only people who live on the east coast and the west coast, and there's like nothing in the middle of Australia. Well, is that technically I'm in the middle, but all the way down on the coast? Yeah. Okay, okay. So like I'm right in the center, or kind of in the center, um, yeah. like yeah, and right down the south side of it, but. Tasmania, it like yeah, that's got heaps of drifting. Um, Melbourne, Sydney, Queensland, even Darwin, all the way up the top, uh, mm. all the way down west coast like Perth. Yeah. There's drifting everywhere. Like it's quite big in Australia. Um, yeah, but it's more like the grassroots style. Uh, yeah. Just go drifting with your mates, sort of thing. And it's mm. yeah, I mean it's it's there's a lot of unknown stuff going on same in japan i'm sure i'm (laughs) sure of it like there'd be so much happening in japan that we don't know about oh yeah man yeah a lot a lot of small events a lot of things like that and that's actually what i'm uh going to target even though i'm coming back to competition this year what what people don't realize let's say competition is going to be more localized like my msp my uh ibisu eds just opened up a series and things like that reason i'm doing that is because i've been away for four solid years I've been drifting in between that, but you can't just go away for four years and then jump right back into like, hey, I'm going to chase this D1 GP thing or Formula Drift Japan thing. It's like, dude, you got to get some seat time. And a lot, a lot of guys out there don't realize, man, uh, comp seat time and everything, you can only get that during comp. So you can't you can't simulate that during a nope. you know, day out with your mates. It's like you got to – you pretty much got to pay for seat time and hopefully, hopefully you're placing. A lot of guys out there don't realize that. You can only get better in comps by competing. So – Pretty much, I got to kind of go back and all that stuff and swallow my pride because I got you. Know, I got the pro card or whatever. But what I recognize is King of Asia is not really recognized. So when you say that, it's kind of like if you follow MMA, uh, it's like you go, you got UFC and then everybody else. 
So if you're a champion in this organization that nobody knows about, it's like, all right, cool. Well, uh, how far are you from UFC? <laughs> so pretty much I would feel like you got UFC, which is like former drift and all the top guys. And then like King of Asia, because it's the way it is. It's like right under there. And it's like, people don't really recognize it, but it's all good. Is King of, but the, King of Asia still going? Yeah. Well, it's, it was, you know, of course, you know, everybody out there who don't know is King, it was King of Europe, Mike Prokhor. So it was King of Europe. Then it changed to King of Nations, and then King of Asia came about, but because Suchia's son, with a lot of people don't know, man, he's influential, but a lot of guys, like we were talking about the hate, the hate thing. Yeah. There's a lot of people who dislike Suchia because the the magnitude of his, his success, and he's uh, he's getting paid for appearances and things like that, and it's kind of like they seem like it's not the Japanese way. So it, it I guess it rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And also, his he's, he's solid on his style, he didn't like the way D1GP was going down, where it's like they got the Ferraris and all that stuff like that. So that's why he pulled back. And uh, as a result, he got he got a lot of dislikers. So when Tsuchiya-san was attached to King of Asia, um, there was a lot of drama because of that. And also, I felt it because I took a picture with the guy, and I don't really take pictures too much, but I was like, man, Tsuchiya is the reason why I got into it, one of the reasons. And um, that picture got around, and I got back to my local track, and the dudes wouldn't talk to me, man. Really? Like, Yeah. Because my track is a Team Orange of like a Team Orange affiliate, but Masanori Kohashi is a Team Orange driver, and um, they didn't care too much. But it was the people around. Like, like, oh, well, he's hanging out with Suchi. I'm like, dude, I took a picture with him. Wow. So that, so it, it, it's it's it, on a molecular level, man. There's a lot of different uh, cliques and groups in Japan, and a lot of people don't realize that. Once I got deep in the scene, I start seeing that because he was like, ah, I, I would talk to this guy. And then they were like, ah, man, he's, I don't, we don't talk to them. I'm like, dude, like, yeah, like, dude, we're, we're all drifters. We're, dude, it's like at one, uh, I'm like, uh, I'm going to stop talking in a second. We're eating food and there's like this one uh, restaurant and there's like, you know, I, I mean, there's like three up over here. There's this group over there. There's this group over there. I just helped this guy put out his fire in his car, like five hours before and it caught on fire. He wouldn't even look at me and talk to me. And uh, cause I was sitting with this group. What? And there was there was like all these badass drifters and like six you know six or seven guys none of them you know talked to each other and it was just like segregation and I'm like man this is this is lame and, and uh, <laughs> so Jesus, yeah it's, man. It's, it's, yeah dude it's, it's crazy so like once I got to see that I'm like man look I'm I'm gonna compete where I want to compete yeah. I'm gonna drive with who, who I want to drive with and again that's why I kind of when I, I open up the podcast. I kind of feel like that's you, man. I, you didn't like limit yourself to just driving in Adelaide or just driving yeah. here. Um, you drove anywhere you wanted to drive, and then also you went um, uh, international, which I think again that was another reason why guys like, ah, oh, man, these guys doing that. They yeah, want to yeah. do it too, but they just kind of look down on it. So the um, so again, and you're, you're from your your birthplace. You're from Adelaide, yep. correct? Correct. All right. So the how far is the? Um, I'm pretty sure you know Stewie Bryant and all those guys. Yep. And they started up the. Uh, so, are, have you been to that new track yet, or yep. how, how's that? Uh, uh, how's, how's that? So, the new racetrack is called the Bend, yeah. um, and they built the this massive seven point seven kilometer huge track, and then they built a separate track for drifters. Right. So, um, long story short, the facilities are amazing. Like, yeah, you couldn't I've seen it, you man. couldn't get any better, really, but. <laughs> they've, they've situated everything pretty much in like a desert. It's like mm. um, not that I've been there, but like Abu Dhabi mm. or whatnot. And when mm. when you watch some of the races there, there's just dust and like dirt all over the track, and 
Yeah. It's a huge problem out there, mate. Like, <laughs> they've got dudes on blowers that run around continuously trying to get rid of the crap off the... Because it's just so windy and all the right. dirt comes on the track and it's... Honestly, it's pretty... It gets pretty bad. But if you've got a consistent flow of cars, um, the grip levels will stay pretty good. Mm. Uh, but if you have a session and it's windy, like a like a lunch break, for instance, and it's heaps windy, that that first lap out next, you've got no grip, and you would just go flying yeah. off the track. Sort of thing, you know, like it's yeah, it keeps you on your toes. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Cause I've seen. I remember when Stewie first posted, man. It was just like a a, a design in the dirt. Yeah. And then, like, he kept progressing, man, and he kept pushing and everything. And, um, like I say, you're, you're, I mean, again, I go back to yourself, uh, Stewie. Um, I mean, I met Pickering and everything. And it's a group of, you know, a core of guys from Australia, man, who who are, when I seen, I seen, like, uh, back, you know, going back to Pickering, uh, Christian, I remember seeing him back when uh, you guys hit, I guess, the, it was, like, Australian series. And it was, you know, first, I forgot the name of it, man, but he was an S13. And I seen a dude driving and then, like, you know, Flash forward ten years later, I meet him at Matsu, uh, yeah. and he's just like a regular dude. Yeah. And uh, then uh, he didn't know I knew who he was and everything. And <laughs> and uh, but yeah, man, it was like I remember watching you guys with Speed TV and stuff like that, and, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool, man. But and and, and that, that uh, to to kind of, from meeting all those guys in person, man, you guys are really like just like Americans, man, just like with an accent, like the same. <laughs> You know the same uh, the same mannerisms, kind of. I mean, some things you guys call a wrench or spanner and stuff like that, <laughs> different things. And I picked up a lot of things from just being around you guys, man. But the uh, the overall consensus, man, from guys I've known and met, it's like, man, these dudes are just like us. So it's it's kind of cool. You guys are a lot more laid back. You don't. I don't think you guys don't have guns, right? No. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So that's the, that's the only difference. Scares the crap out of me, man. <laughs> yeah, that's the only only difference, man. But it, it sounds good and everything, man. So, and, and you're um going into like your your China thing. Just go, kind of move down my 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 list of things I want to talk about. Um, how was your experience uh, drifting in the uh, your first time in uh, uh, what China? D one was a D one China or China? It was um, <clears throat> sorry. Mm-hmm. It was, it was sponsored by Red Bull. Red Bull, but Red, Bull, Red, Bull. Red Bull China. So there's two different okay. companies. You've got Red Bull Austria, and then you've got Red Bull China. So they're complete, okay. completely different companies. Uh, um, and long story short, Red Bull was sponsoring the series, and right. the guy running it, James, he invited, or he basically wanted foreigners to come over and drift with his, like Chinese mates that were drifters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, just to try and help build their, right. their level up, which is. Right. Right. Amazing, you know. I get to go to ch- freaking China and drift. Yeah. And I had no idea what car it was going to be pretty much every time. I'd be rocking up. It'd be some crazy 2J-powered Altezza, Sora, yeah. Aristo. Um, I even almost did a GT86, but I couldn't fit in the car. Uh-huh. It was such a bummer, man. It was a brand-new GT86 yeah. with a 3.42J Hollinger. And I just physically couldn't fit in the car because they made it for a, yeah. a small Chinese man, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the seat, the seat rubber part was probably raised up instead of lower. Oh right? man, like yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. The, uh, their build quality has come up a long way, but yeah, some of those first cars I drove were wow. Like even the first one I drove was a uh, a red Altezza, and mm. apparently it was the old HKS like sort of demo car. Um, and Daigo was driving it and he had a huge crash in it over there. So when I got there, all the roof was like kinked in and like it was twisted. Uh, and they just sort of quickly slapped it together and 
honestly, it was one of the best cars I've driven. It was, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, that- I mean, the, 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 the just showing, I, I haven't, uh, other than like going to the track and somebody, I haven't really experienced to like to show up and drive, like, uh, you know, show up and so that, 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 how's that, I mean, how's that feel as far as, I mean, your own car to, I guess, just showing up and starting a car and driving? What's that feeling like? It, it's pretty, like, it's, it's, it's good, but it's also, um, like, I, I have to make sure I go over things. Right. And sometimes that comes across uh, in a bad yeah. way. Like, I got you. Because yeah. all the mechanics there, they don't speak English at all. Right. So, me going up to them and asking them politely if I can check some stuff on the car is almost like an offensive thing straight away because right. it makes it look like you don't trust their work. So, trying that my first couple of trips there was it was interesting because I tried to make friendships with the mechanics, um, mm. and just so they knew I wasn't like sat, like trying to tell them that their work's bad or anything. I was just trying to build a relationship, yeah. like you know, like just as mates because yeah. you're going to spend a lot of time with them, and you know, I'm a nice dude. I'm not going to just rock up and be like, oh, is the car ready? I'm ready to go. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I, I want to get there a couple of days early and look at things and yeah. you know check everything over, look at the suspension, understand what why they put these coilovers in or spring rates or whatever um, mm. and try and learn stuff as well because at the end of the day, they've just got dudes coming in and driving it. I'm sure they know more about the car than anyone else. Right, right. And uh, ended up working out really well. By the, the third time I went there, I was creating awesome friendships with these dudes and we, none of, we didn't even understand each other. You know, yeah. but we're laughing, having an amazing time. It's just all hand gestures and like yeah. I was picking up their lingo a little bit, but it was no more than like, yes, no, no problem, problem. And, <laughs> you know, like a couple of swear words. <laughs> yeah. That's the cool, the cool thing about like drifting and anything like that, man, where it's a specialized uh, anything, man. It's like, because, you know, I, I train martial arts. So it's like, think about it. I can go anywhere in the world and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It doesn't matter where you go, man. It's the same movement, same. Everybody's been trained the same way. So when you drift and race or whatever, man, it's like we can go anywhere in the world, man. It's like we know the basics. Everybody knows the basics of what's going on. Like you said, spring rates. Um, for example, if you got a two J and S thirteen, and you got you know eight kilogram of eight kg up front, it's not going to be a really good handling car because that's set for SR twenty CA eighteen. So when you, you know, have 12, you know, and, and change stuff like that. And a lot of guys, uh, when you go to different uh, countries, they don't have that level of uh, suspension, geometry, knowledge and things like that. So you'll probably see that. Then, like you said, that's probably one of the first things that came up the most was the suspension correlation to the build correlation. Like you got a LS, you got a 1J, 2J, uh, whatever, you know, it's going to, the weight's going to change, stuff like that. So it, it's definitely, it seems like it was a good time, man, and everything. And, and uh, I definitely, I seen you over there. You were, It was like Shanghai or something like that? Or uh, it was, where was the location? It was all in Zhuhai. So we would, Zhuhai, Zhuhai, we would Zhuhai. literally fly into Hong Kong um, mm-hmm. and then drive into China. And man, that was, that was a crazy experience on its own, eh? Yeah. There's, that, like, I don't know how true it all is, but um, yeah. so my first time I went there, um, like James, we only spoke on email and he's like, do you want to come? Rah, rah, I risked it all, you know, like I bought my own ticket and everything and I'm like, right. I'm just going to do this. You know, like my mum thought I was crazy because I was going off some dude's email <laughs> saying he's going to meet me at the airport. It's like, 
He's going to steal your organs. You know, like, <laughs> like I, I've met James before that in Japan, but didn't know him any more than a, a 30-second conversation. Right. And so I get to Hong Kong airport, and I'm standing around, and I, I think I got him on uh, Facebook Messenger. And, you know, he didn't know English that well, and he's just like, didn't respond for ages. I'm just like in the pickup area somewhere, and I'm like, man, I hope he rocks up. And then, you know, probably 30 minutes went by, and then out of nowhere, he just pops up he's like right you ready we're going china and i'm like yeah what? china because <laughs> the start i'm like i flew to hong kong i didn't actually know we're going into china like i thought we were sort yeah. of staying in hong kong so yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have a visa man yeah so he's like you have visa i'm like no why what do i need a visa for he said we're going yeah. to china and he's like, oh no no so it's pretty bad but um yeah we got me through as a student uh, <laughs> on a, a five-day like dodgy visa thing at the yeah. border and like yeah it was funny as man and then as soon as we get uh past the hong kong border we jump in his minivan and i kid you not there wasn't much under 160 k's an hour from the whole way from that border to the workshop he was wow. they just sit on like 180 k an hour in a yeah. in a like a minivan just <laughs> in day like it's it's insane yeah. weaving through traffic on these huge like six lane wide highways and mm. yeah it was man the amount of good things that happened over there was just insane you know you just you look yeah. back now and it's like god damn i wish i'd like i filmed the last year i was there but i wish i filmed mm. everything from the stars yeah yeah man it's it's, uh, it's definitely uh you know one of those just that is that's where a lot of people man like so you could have been like nah i don't want to go there then that never all that stuff that happened in china would never transpire and that's why i tell a lot of guys in my circle man that when they come to the shop and they see everything and i'm like dude this is a combination of 20 21 years of me just like doing things and showing up yeah. and, and making connections and not not being a uh being i'm a i'm a i don't really i'm not a jokester i'm a very firm person but being friendly to people, being talking to people and everything, and that way people just know where you stand on things. Uh, but it's just a combination of doing things. Again, your 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 path to get to where you are, it's just like, you know, taking risks, man. You got to do that. You have to fly, to fly to, you know, Hong Kong or whatever and get that thing started. But if you said no, you would never, again, that could have been, a, I guess, a setback or, you know, I mean, you're not, you know, a lot of seat time. And things like that, and, and it is showing up, man. You just got to kind of get there, get started. Well, a lot of so the, a lot of dudes didn't show up. Like James asked them, yeah. and because it's all in broken English, they probably just thought, right. "I'm not freaking doing that. Why would I? Mm. Why would I fly to Hong Kong, man?" It ended up being like four years worth of crazy drifting all around right. China, and then some in Hong Kong as well. Like they had these special right. events there. I got so much experience and just it was unreal honestly like yeah. i freaking loved it it was and then so, so, finish so, winning a championship as well like it's just it's crazy yeah definitely man so that, that's like man that's the icing on the cake right there's like you know in that moment you're just like man all this all this stuff added up so overall uh in your whole expedition in china man how how much would you say like i mean you don't have to be exact numbers but like how much did I mean it cost you to to get there and travel yep. and hotels and stuff like that so my first trip um, probably cost me, let's say, overall maybe a thousand. 
That's it. Right. And Aust- Australian dollar is stronger than their dollar, correct? Uh, well, I think it, it kind of levels out in the end okay. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything after that was covered with a wage. Nice. Like That's dope. <laughs> it, on, it, was a, it was a paid arrive and drive. It was right. incredible. And then um, if I won money for the championship – I wouldn't see that. I didn't know about... There wasn't any contracts or anything like that, but all the prize money I won, I took with me. Um, But then I won... I come The first year I went there, I come second in the championship. And Mm. I obviously didn't go to the awards night because it happened like a couple of weeks after I left. Right. And I seen James took my my trophy and he had this like... There was a lot of zeros after the number at the start. Like it was a two and then there was just lots of zeros. And I'm like... (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. How much did he bloody win? And um, yeah, he then built the next year's car from that money. Mm. So that's what made me get the drive back there again. And then yeah. when I won, when I won the championship, um, Red Bull pulled out that year, and they basically said, "Look, there's there is no prize money or whatnot." Right. Whether that's true right. or not, I didn't care. You know, like it wasn't costing me anything. I was actually making a wage um, to go there and drift. Like it was. Yeah, it was unreal. So in the end, it didn't cost me a cent, really. I made, yeah. made money out of it. Like, it's that's our, that's our <laughs> dream, isn't it, you know? <clears throat> that's what most people want to get to is the point where uh, – because that, you know, people ask, man, like, well, how much – when I well, guys would come here to the shop and they, I, I wouldn't I – would, I don't introduce myself as, hey, I'm Donald Jackson, pro drift and all this stuff or whatever. I just talk, and then they'll see the cars outside, and then they'll eventually start seeing around the pictures around the shop with the cars drifting or whatever – then they'll have acts like, hey, you drift? I'm like, yeah, I, I drift. And that's, I'll leave it at that. Yep. Like, and uh, I'm pretty sure you're the same way, man. You don't go to a bar like, hey, man, I'm Jake Jones, pro drifter, owner of the Sun Via, <laughs> pilot of the B. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, nobody does. Nah. Normal people don't do that. Nah. Man. Like, you know, I mean, fighter pilots do it sometimes. And I, I'm, I, work with, I work with those guys a lot. So, like you said, man, like, you know, kind of going back to when you say you, can't, you show up to the car, you check it out. Those dudes, like, every time they fly, and every time they fly a jet, they got to do their walk around. They got to check this. Even though, like, they kind of, like, I watch them. They kind of, like, you know, uh, they, they don't really check anything. They just play the role, and then they get in the cockpit, start the jet up, and fly it. Um, so, I mean, that's – I don't, you know, I don't see a problem with that, you showing up to a car that you've never seen before. Because if I, if I did, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Man. I'm checking caster nuts. I'm making sure they got cotter pins. And it's little shit like that. that that's your life, man. I mean, if 100%. you – you know, and you're not going to go in there and drive, you know, half ass. You're going to push it, and you want to know that the tie rods are going to stay connected when you, when you go towards <laughs> that wall. You know what I mean? So, you know, it, it happens, man. You know, of course, you follow F1, you know, you know Senna and all those different guys who passed away. Not saying that their mechanics did anything, but it's, it's you know, I mean, they, they drive. They can't think about suspension coming undone and flying into a wall. Uh, so you got to have, you know, you know, it's just human. Again, I know uh, yeah. it's human error, man. Like it, it's, right. you know, we can't, we're not perfect. It's simple. Right. You know, like if you, right. like I've done it before, like I've, I've built a car or whatever, put my engine <laughs> box back in and then like I've been on a skid pan and all of a sudden yeah. I just heard this crazy bad sound, shut the car yeah. down and the gearbox was half hanging off. Like. Oh, man. Like through, it just wasn't done up enough, and it's just through vibration right. the gearbox has sort of come apart. Just yeah, you know that's bad. That's one of the worst things I've ever done. Yeah. But um, I got lucky there. Yeah, <laughs> but just man. on that China thing, um, 
So the reason why it worked so well for them and I was there for four years was because each time I'd finish a season and do well in a car, they would then sell that car to a Chinese guy and be like, this is Jake's old car. He got second in the championship. Like, it's worth this much. So they were kind of making money out of us. They did, they did it with all foreigners. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, you know, we'd come in, we'd drive a new car they just built, qualify first or whatever, or, you know, do really well in it, and then it just proved to the Chinese dude, like, that car's good to go. Like, it works. Right. And they were just, they were selling cars like hotcakes, man. It was it was nuts. And they, you know, um, Fanatsu-san from Fanats in Japan, mm, he yeah, yeah. goes there, tunes everything. Um he was doing the wiring looms, the engines, like everything was pretty top-notch driveline-wise. It's just the cars right. and everything outside of it was a bit, how you going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, because that, that's uh, one thing. I mean, even at that, with the Japanese, a lot of, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of XD1 cars in Australia. I've seen them sell them. And, uh, you know, Andy knows guys, they got a bunch of XD1 cars. And it's like, all right, you know, Tanaka drove this and this year. And it's like, all right, Tanaka drove it. All right, let me get it. So it's like that. I mean, that alone right there, man. That's like the you don't you can you can put he drove it and whatever you put under that doesn't matter because the guy who follows Tanaka is going to buy that car, yeah. and it, you know. So that's pretty. That's a pretty. I mean, it's, it's the thing about it, man. You understand it as business. You're like, oh man, these guys are using me. Like, look, man, I came over here, showed up and drove drive, made wages. Yeah. And you know, and it cost me anything. So whatever you want to do, and it's like you know, uh, it, it helps. Everybody wins, man. Yeah. You know, you you do well. You pad your um your driving resume. And uh, they do well and stuff like that. So, kind of like, kind of like moving a little bit uh, for drifting, man. Have you done any other motorsports outside of drifting, or just primarily drifting? Not a single thing, eh? Not a single. Nah, <laughs> not even a go kart thing or You're anything. Not even- <laughs> nothing, man. Yeah. Not man. even a motorbike. Nothing. Wow. Yeah. Man. You? So, I mean, you? Hey, man. You, you, yeah. I mean, I, I um before I got into drifting, I actually started out drag racing. Oh yeah. And that, yeah, that because in America it's all that's America, man. I mean. And the thing about it, you guys do it better. Like even though, like you, you guys do American cars better than Americans do it. <laughs> like the the and I tell guys get mad about that, but I'm like, dude, Australian guys like they kill it with the they just like find crazy power. They just do crazy stuff. And also, you guys got like the you have like it seems like you have more uh, spare like LS stuff. Like a lot of a lot more than America. The the, the high end, the 5.7 liter stuff like that. But for me, it was drag racing. The drag racing. I had a, a 240, you know, and it was set up for drifting. And I think the fastest I went was 13 seconds and a quarter mile. Uh, but drag racing to do it on a high level was is just expensive. So I I, was, I stopped going there. Me and my buddies got into like kind of like the American toge, start doing like you know back roads. Then eventually I found drifting, and it kind of when I found drifting, everything else just stopped, and I just drifted. And uh, I but I also st- I do grip as well uh, because. It's exciting for me, but also from a business aspect now, um, I told guys I don't really make money off of drifters, man. Yeah. Like a lot of it, because drifters, we do our own stuff for the most part. So you can't drift and take your car to the shop every week because you're just going to be broke, man. <laughs> yeah. So I understand why I don't get a lot of drift customers, but my customers come from grip racing. So as a result, unfortunately, I got to split time because I'm still going to drift and compete. But I got a I got a grip race because, like you said, when they see the car on Sakuba running fifty something seconds, they're gonna come. Yeah. Uh, so if I go win, I mean, a bunch of drift rounds, then maybe I'll get a few more. But as of right now, like they're not gonna come to my shop based on me competing in D one G G one GP and D one divisionals, and then getting the King of Asia license. Which I said again, you got UFC, 
D1 GP, and then you got King of Asia, which is like it's not even registering. Yeah. Uh, so it's just you know I used I used uh, what worked, and I got uh, Drifting Goku and stuff like that. And the, the magazines are not really doing anything anymore. It's yeah. all online, Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that. But yeah, man, it, it like so if you, I mean, again, you know, drifting is definitely your main thing. Uh, like, would there be any? like chance or anything that you're kind of sort of interested in trying or oh hell yeah i I, (laughs) I, like i've done a couple of grip days in uh both the cars and it's crazy fun man like i i did a a grip day at like a skylines nationals oh it was a day before a drift comp so i had the drift alignment still in it um thing was skating all over the joint but Mm. i literally rocked up and it was all time attack cars, and they're all just like, I had this one. I had driftsquid.com written down the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all just like, what the hell is this dude doing here? I could see him shaking their head, and I'm like, really? yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like, I've never been around grip races before. Yeah, different, different guys. I'm like, different this guys. is how they're welcoming me. Like, this, what the hell? Yeah. And then I went out, yeah. and me and my other drift mate were the two fastest cars from all the GDRs. <laughs> like, they're, they're all street cars, but. Right. You know, there was 33, there was 32 GDRs, and we we beat them all by a fair few seconds. And yeah. at the end of the day, it just turned into a huge amount of respect. Like, it, just, yeah. it, it completely flipped their whole yeah. aspect on their first image of us coming in the gate, you know? Like, it was... Right. Because they probably figure you guys, you guys are gonna like just drift it up and stuff, and then the the mar- did the marshals uh, give you guys any notes like, hey, don't don't drift and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. We even did a hill climb not that long ago, and we all went up, did our first run because we were a part of a drifting club. That's because yeah. it was all like each club could win the whole hill climb sort of thing, mm-hmm. and we all did our first run, and yeah, as soon as we come back down, just because one of the marshals didn't like drifting. They told us all off for getting sideways or losing traction. It's like uh, every single person here is losing traction up this right. ski road. Like right. if you're going to be like that, we're just going <laughs> to leave. And yeah, it's just, I don't know. Some, some grip dudes just hate drifters flat out. Yeah. It's uh it's kind of like, um, I guess when, uh, snowboarding came out and snowboarders versus skiers and things like that. Skiers are more like the elegant, you know, high class, you know, you know, people on the mountains and the snowboarders come out there and they're doing tricks, backflips and all this stuff, 180s and all that stuff. Like these guys are rock stars or whatever. And it's like the, it's a change. And uh, I did experience that myself personally when I got into uh, what I did is I substituted autocross in between drift events because um, in America they were so spread out. And then also they were like 250 bucks per event for like 15 for three 15 minute sessions. Wow. Yeah, man. And uh, because of insurance and everything. So I would use autocross uh, to help aim. And that actually helped my, like, help, you know, hitting the clipping points and stuff like that. But when I first showed up on the 240, man, I got the marshals like, hey, don't do this, don't do that. And I'm the only guy getting lectured. And there's, like, there's 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 Mustangs, there are Corvettes there, but they are rocking, like, uh, S-tires, man. Yeah. Like, they're not going to really lose grip. So the first time I go out, man, I go out there, I, like, lose traction, of course, hit some cones, and they pull me back in. <laughs> I was like, look, man, this car is set for drifting. And it, it, it kind of like, honestly, I want to drift it. So I, I kind of got loose the first couple of times and I came back. And then I actually, um, I ended up finishing second of the day. Then I actually I won first place because it was a Lotus Esprit in my class. And he didn't, he won a first heat and I won a second heat. I had mechanical issues. Then he had mechanical issues. So it, it, was, it was weird, man. But again, I, I know the feeling of showing up 
to a grip event with a drifty looking car, yep. and the the guys just like they just look at you. Then you go out there and you you do well, and then you come back like, oh, well, I thought you were just gonna destroy the track and run <laughs> off the track and crash and everything. So that is cool, man. That's a funny uh the funny thing. And I did see your video. Uh, I don't think I don't know if it was your was it your video where you guys did like uh it was a the um the uphill and then you did like you did a little drift demo there. Uh, yes. So, yep, yep. I, I've gone to a few hill climbs and just purely done drifting. Um, yeah. but, and I've seen the crowd was, like, liking it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they've never seen it before. Like, You're people right. that go to <laughs> Time Attack and, and hill climbs, most of them don't even know what drifting is. Right. And then that's the, like, when I do the, you, you know, of the supercar series we got here, like the right. V8 supercar mm. series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to do drift demos at that. And they get like 40,000, 50,000 people per day at that yeah. event. And the amount of people that come up that had no idea what drifting was is insane. Like it's, it's, it's crazy when you open up like to someone new what drifting actually right. is. And then it just, yeah, people will just get. Could, yeah, because most, most guys when they see it, it's like the first thing you hear is like, these guys intentionally destroy tires. Like, yeah. And then it's like the first thing, like, why would you, why would you destroy a perfectly set of good tires? Like, dude, that's what it is, man. You can't, you can't, uh, you know, it, it felt good to me when I got to that point where I needed grip in front and rear. Uh, and then the guy's like, oh, man, you just go get junkyard. I'm like, nah, man, you can't have junkyard tires on a 600 horsepower car. You're just not going to work out. You're just going to spin out continuously. Uh, so a lot of people don't realize, man, like you're branding up tires that cost like 130 bucks a set. Oh, well, pair. Sorry about that. Or no, each. Yeah, uh, each. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so um, they when they hear that, they're like, yeah, well, you know, a drift cars should be. It looked like it is slime. Like, nah, dude, actually, your car, you're like your cars, my cars, and the guys are like, they're actually hard to break loose because we got a lot of grip. So when they get in the car, I had a guy got he got my car and he was like, oh man, I could just do this. Thing. All right, dude, go try. Couldn't he, well, number one, he couldn't uh, get it out of first gear <laughs> uh, because of the, the, the it was a twin plate ORC. And then when he started drifting it, he realized it wouldn't. You have to make it go sideways, and they they was like, "Oh, I'm out to store this spun." I'm like, "Nah, dude, that's not that's not how it works, man." <laughs> so for your for your car, man. Speaking on that, uh, you know, tires, grips. What do you um? And I mean, I know Yokohama. You know, you run those a lot, but what tires have you run in your career uh, um, overall? Even like on your personal time stuff. Yeah, like yeah. So I've gone, you know, probably much like yourself, everything from all sorts of different street tires to find the ones that don't delam and. Uh, all the way through to semi-slicks to try and figure out what's going to last the most laps, uh, produce you know the most smoke, and obviously right. the key important one is the grip level. So right. um, only yesterday I went out and did some practice, uh, and I used the Zestinos. Zestino, yeah, yeah. So I used them in China, uh, and that's what I won the championship on in 2017. And they honestly they were freaking amazing like we had a yeah. in that comp we also did a gym carna thing mm -hmm. and i was in a supra yeah it was probably a pretty light compared to most but there was other supras in the field and the gym carna course you had you still had to drift it but it was like a course and it was timed and, right. and i was two seconds clear of anyone like pretty much every single round for that whole year yeah. on the zestino <laughs> and i had to put it down to the zestinos because yeah the year before we were all pretty even and then when I moved to Zestinos over there, it was just like the thing was a rocket ship, hey! It was, mm. it was crazy. But um, yeah, everything you know, Good Ride, uh, Black Lion, Zestino. There's a new one called Zek Nova, 
Um, is it, is it, is it yeah. Valino yeah, Valino. So the, the, like, the thing about it, man, it's like the the technology with, with everything, man. Tooling. Um, I remember, like in my shop, I got a, about three years ago. I got a TIG welder, which I paid uh, twelve hundred bucks for. That same TIG welder, maybe ten years prior, would be like maybe three grand. Yep. So like the everything is um all the technology is like uh, there's not one person holding it, and that's where in Japan I get a lot of pushback because I will I use more I use more parts from Australia, Europe, and America than I do in Japan. Yeah. And they're like, well, you're here to source my dude. Ishkias, Tomi, and all those guys, they were the guys 20 years ago. Well, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. But the, the, the gap's been bridged with technology. So for the tires, for example, Advan, Advan 8008, 8007, 8005, um, they were the guys for years. They were, they were were that, that was a tire. And then now you got, I mean, I use personally Nanking. I use Federal. Yeah. The grip levels, the, the grip levels are ridiculous man for the price you pay now they don't last as long but the the grip levels out the box man for a 150 dollar tire well 100 you know you know you could pay about a 100 and maybe 15 bucks per tire per tire and have a competitive tire and actually drive it on the street and things like that so it's definitely gone up uh one thing i see um and i'm kind of like not I'm federal i deal for them because i use them a lot but i see now man is I know you probably noticed it too, man. It's like the tire hopping sponsor. So one yeah. week they're sponsored by this guy. Then the next week I'm like, dude. And my guy's like, man, why you don't get them? I'm like, dude, because the tire that they're using right now, it's going to be another tire two years from now. And they're going to have a whole new library on their car and a whole new, you know, whoever's giving them the most tires yeah. is the winner. And that's how it works. And they, they don't understand a business problem. Like, dude, you're getting a ride. Uh, you got to conform. And that's the difference with the sponsor. And, you know, you're looking at F1 NASCAR. They don't get a choice of what's on the car. They got to, they drive. And they got to drive, you know, a, a BMW, well, I guess the, I don't, I, I just I just started following F1, so I didn't know Honda or Renault was, like, making an engine for yeah. everybody. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, you know, these guys are competing with Honda, but they got to have a somewhat of a relationship because they got the engines in their car. <laughs> so it's crazy, man. So speaking of that, man, like, um, kind of jumping around, uh, I don't want to stand too much, but, like, what um, F1, I mean, obviously you follow that and everything and the V8 supercar. So, like, what is outside of drifting, uh, what is like your favorite series to to follow? Um, oh, yeah, like I, re- I really like watching the V8 supercars. Uh, well, they just call it supercars now because it's I don't know. Right. Yeah, they dropped the V8 thing, but um, that's been really good because it's I don't know. It's kind of the top ten is all like in qualifying is always within like half a second. You know, it's crazy. Like it's the level of driving is all similar. The cars are all similar sort of thing. Right. Um, there's obviously been a lot of speculation over, you know, some, yeah. some teams having <laughs> advantages and whatnot, yeah. but um, like it's been pretty either Shell or Red Bull killing everyone. Mm. But I think coming into the same with F1, in the next couple of years, it's all going to go back to a level, level playing field and it's not going to be about money wins, you know, like it's like yeah. F1's bringing in a salary cap, um, which is absolutely absurd. They can still spend 175 million. <laughs> yeah, but that's going to be their new cap. Like they're not allowed to go over that. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. And that's that's including like uh, paying the driver, yeah. paying the car, paying the, like everything, the whole program. Oh no, that's just development. <clears throat> ah. Yeah. So they can then pay so the drivers more on top of that, and right. So this is the way around it, man. So th- with that, man, it's like because uh, again, I just I just started like. The last year or so, I just started you know, looking, uh, getting into F1, man. And it's like, you know, the amount, 
and they kind of put in things in perspective, man. We go out and spend, like for me, it would cost me about, uh, when I was doing D, uh, D1 divisionals, uh, it would cost me about 3500 bucks a weekend. And that, that's it's, it's chump change compared to, like, you know, when you do an actual pro round. Yeah. And then even a pro round is chump change. I mean, not even chump change. It's like ashtray change compared to, like, F1 and NASCAR that's what, one weekend. That's what they'd spend on the catering. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, dude, the tire the tires, I was looking up the prices. I posted on a, online, like, a few months ago. A set a, a set of tires, I think, it was about four or five k for a set. I'm like, dude, you know. Then they like the guys, you know, the the air, the the jack you need to jack it up and change the wheels is this much. The air that goes in the tires is not regular air, I believe. And it's it's a lot of different yeah. things, man. Where it like puts into perspective, like, dude, like you're you're really not spending money. <laughs> you know, what I mean, that that's like major major money, man. So. It's, it's, it's just cool to see the different uh, – I, I respect all motorsports. I, I even think, you know, even if you don't, you know, you don't drag race, you don't do all that stuff. One thing we all have in common is, like, we're humans, and we're, we figured out a way to kind of, like, uh, manipulate these machines to do what we want them to do for the most part until, like, it has a malfunction or whatever. Or driver error, which some people don't like to admit, you know, you fucked up. And you yeah. Crash. It happens, and you learn from it. But um, we all in all motorsports rally out. I want to get actually. I'm getting into rally this oh, year. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Because the uh, it's a different group of customers, man. Oh, um, that's my, an, again. That's another thing I want to talk to you about as well. Um, yeah. Oh, and on the sport front, like I, I love yeah. uh, Supercross, like AMA uh, Supercross, yeah. and that. Like the American motocross is yeah, right, right. nuts. Love that. But um, yeah. uh, the whole business front because. The more I'm obviously talking to you about it is mm -hmm. I'm understanding a lot more, but you are extremely similar to the company in China mm -hmm. now that I think about it. And he has literally moved pretty much all the drifting out now and it's all group right. racing. So he does yeah. TCR, um, GT, like he's got customers that have bought like um, production cars yeah. from Mercedes and he's probably got like 10 Honda Civics built by Honda now, and it's you know it's a pretty basic yeah. car because it's built over there their customer just pays a huge sum to get the car right. through china and then he just maintains it and then charges mm. storage um right. maintenance um track uh like does all the stuff so he can these guys can literally rock up to the track jump in right. the car go race it for the weekend get back um on the plane go back to hong kong or wherever they're from Right. And I've just told their wife or whatever that they had a business <laughs> plan, like business meeting, because yeah. um, yeah. a lot of them do hide their racing from their wife. It's insane. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah, like it's—I yeah. don't know what it is over there, but a lot of them hide the fact that they actually got a race car and everything. Yeah. So they just pay this dude to cover everything for them, and yeah. Yeah. No. No. No bank. No bank uh, transactions. Yeah. With, like you know stuff in there and everything. <laughs> I guess it's kind of it's kind of the same uh, here in Japan where a lot of guys and that, that's what happened to me when I started the business here. I, again, man, I got it's weird how it happened, dude. I got um, at it was 2005. Well, actually, I started thinking about doing my own thing back in 2013. Then it, it was it's just a thought, and I was doing all this work out of my house. Uh, so 2015 rolled around, I started getting too many cars in my house, and um, the neighbors started complaining finally. So I was like, man, <clears throat> it might be a time. Sorry, <clears throat> it might be a good time to do this. Then when I was working, uh, my a lot. Well, for the guys out there that don't know, I was military for about uh, six years uh, as a vehicle, a professional driver in the Air Force vehicle ops. I drove anything with wheels, tractor trailers, all that stuff. So when I got out, 
I did contracting for the government. I worked with, um, I was a controller of the like aircraft coming in. I get all the information. Then after that job got stupid, I went to F-16. So I worked with F-16 for two years doing GPS systems. So I was around, you know, I'm, these engines are running up, man. Your whole body shaking. You go under the engine and you do all this stuff. And then they fly and everything and you come back and everything. And it was pretty cool. And um, everybody there was like in a motorsport. So um, I, 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 I decided to start the business. Um, I went, I went, I just had $5,000, man, $5,000 to my name. That was exactly how much I needed to get the lease. I went in there, I put it on the table. That was it. That was my, my savings and everything. And then, you know, four years later, um, it turns into what it turns into. Uh, but 2015, I started the business. I did the, uh, the same year I did the King of, well, sorry, the year before I did King of Asia went from again, no, nothing, no points to pro license and then disappeared. Yeah, and then so everybody's like, "Oh man, he, you know, he." Um, and I got married too, 2015. <laughs> so all the guys like, "Oh man, he's because it happens, man. A lot of drifters when they get married, they disappear, man. In Japan, they disappear. All the guys who you see out there, and we're not gonna name names because they don't want to <laughs> put out their stuff. But some of the guys out there, their wives hate what they do. Uh, they're always at the track. They're always testing. They're always tuning. And then um, I was around, I was around one guy, man. He was like, "Yeah, man, she's a bitch," and all this <laughs> other stuff, and. But you know we, we've been married for this many years. We're not gonna get broken up and stuff like that. So yeah, dude, a lot of a lot of drifters they disappear uh, once they have a kid and you never see them again. So the timing of me getting married, everybody thought I quit. I'm like, dude, no, I'm running a business. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta take all my resources. I get that three thousand dollars I was spending per week at D1 Divisionals. I gotta put that into you know my 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 electric heating, all that stuff. You know, so I, I haven't gone anywhere. Um, the business part is, is definitely a, a major sacrifice in staying disciplined to provide to the customers. And then after that, once you do good by the customers, man, they talk for you. And uh, I've been open four years and I haven't had, you know, there's been a few customers that didn't, they were younger, they didn't really understand what I was putting down. So I did a better job of explaining things like fully. Yeah. And um, so I don't have any issues, man. I've been open four years and I haven't had any chargebacks. I haven't had any uh rapings on twitter or, or stuff like that so that's works, awesome man. man yeah that's so good and you, as you know man it's hard to do in the automotive industry is very difficult to 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 separate yourself from the course. yeah like dudes do everything right here in australia and they still get people beaten on them on like google reviews and yeah it's just because the, the hate thing yeah yeah man. you know like it's crazy, man. So, yeah, jeez, you, you must be doing something right, man. <laughs> I, I mean, my thing is uh, with the business here, man, everything, I mean, you know, now the, my family is, because, uh, again, when I came here in 2008, I was never getting married. I was never having kids. And then, like, you know, flash four or five years later, I got three kids and a wife. And, like, the thing about that, man, it's like they didn't bring my life down. Actually, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't be talking to you right now from this from this place because, my wife's my wife's. A, I met her. She had an Evil Seven. That's how we kind of hooked up. I was like, she got a car already. I don't have to try to convert her to being a car person. And um, her family is very business oriented. Um, so they, her mom uh, and her brother were all car people. Yep. Uh, her, and they co-signed for me, man. Like, and that's dude. That's a major thing. Uh, they don't co-sign for themselves. Japanese to Japanese. Yeah. So the co the co-sign uh, for for a gaijin. Man, that would that was uh you know that was, and it, the business is, it's all and it's all in my name, man. That's really rare. that's very rare. So the contract that says my name when it normally is never the guy's name. Um, so that was a thing, and you know if it wasn't for them, you know I wouldn't be here. So I definitely 
uh, you know, I, I had a mom's car yesterday changing tires and things like that. And, and it wasn't my plan, but it's like, hey, man, if it wasn't for our mom, it wouldn't be. Here. Yeah. So I, I kind of look out for those guys. Um, and, it, again, my, my drive is, you know, my own personal goals. Of course, I want to drift, uh, keeping my family good, and then making, you know, making good on, like, the people who signed for me. So it's like a lot of different things. And then when I have issues with customers, they do, they, they're lack of days ago about the situation. I'm like, look, man, uh, the situation we're about to enter or you're trying to put me in is going to cause issues. I want to make money. I don't want to go backwards. So I've, I've, dude, I've probably turned away by about 30, 40 K worth of work yep. in, in my time, just because I knew that five grand or that four grand was going to come with issues. Yep. And it's hard to, when I need the money for the end of the month to turn that job away, but I know that job's going to turn into a nightmare. So, you know, it is what it is, man. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't uh, do that. So for, for yourself, man, um, I know you you mentioned uh, uh, you like you were working before. So are you still working or yeah. are you doing your own thing or how how's that work? Yeah. So uh, near the end of the China thing happening, like, cause obviously I was just yeah. flying out from work, uh, using my annual leave to go there and whatnot. Um, it got to a point where uh, I won the championship and then the track actually asked the company I was driving for would Jake be able to work for us for three months? Right. Uh, so I get this email and it's like, hey, are you available from, say, end of January to, you know, close to May sort of thing? Uh, we want to do drift demos all around China. And I was like, right. is this serious? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I just wrote back like, I might be able to make this happen because I'd been with the company I was working with. Like, I was working at a winery for... Uh, that was like 11 years now. So I had long right. service leave. So that gives right. you three months off. Um, and so I literally went to my boss the next day and I said, look, is there any chance I can get use my long service leave from this time until then? And then I'll come back and, you know, go back to work. Uh, and he just said straight up, no, nah, I'm not letting you take long yeah, service leave. Yeah, yeah. And I said, that's cool. I'll quit. Like, <laughs> you can't stop me, you know? Like, so... Um, made sure like talked to the company and said you know is this 100% going ahead they're like yeah we want you to book flights um yeah let's make it happen because it was all coming up really fast and i was actually driving for cadillac mm. and we we're going to be driving the new cadillac in all these like major cities in china doing drift demos to show off this brand new cadillac and mm. like it's not it's not really crazy appealing because you know it's a cadillac or whatever but I had, right. it's one of those things like if you show up you got no idea what could it what it could lead into mm-hmm. um so anyway quit my job had a bit of a going away thing at work because you know i've been there 11 years whatever um and then yeah come to like a couple of days before i was meant to fly out and i get this email oh sorry government shut down our oh, man. we're not we can't go ahead with the with the job and i'm just looking at it going this yeah. this can't be real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, so yeah, that all got squashed. Uh, the whole drift season over there, or everything got squashed straight after that sort of thing. And uh, so I'm like, well, I got my, my long service leave paid out. I had, you know, a bit of money there to live off for a bit. And I literally mm-hmm. spent three months chasing sponsors to try and get to America. Yeah. And I... I, I made a few little leeways and then it all just come back down and then I go back up again and it, yeah, I, I tried pretty damn hard, man. I was making specific proposals for certain companies when they were showing interest and, and mm. I just wanted to really 
try and make something happen and it, it didn't like it just didn't really get anywhere to be honest and um and then yeah so then i went back to another winery and i said oh like i need a need a job like have you got anything going because by that time i had my electrical license so i'm a qualified right. electrician okay okay and yeah i've been contracting at wineries now for like two and a half years so i literally tell them when i can work and they'll hand me a heap of jobs you know they're not the greatest jobs they're all the jobs that right. the full-time dudes don't want to do and it just works for me man like i yeah like i'll do four weeks i'll do like next week i'm only working two days because i've got to do uh a video thing and then i'm off to new zealand um right right, right. and yeah it's just it just works good for me now as a contractor it's not it's not very good job stability because uh, mm -hmm. they can just drop me tomorrow yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's what i was i was a contractor as well yeah. that's the thing man you, you could be working for five years and then you come in the next day like ah the money's gone and the con and that, that happened that happened to us we had a contract uh, uh change and we lost 15k annually wow and that's when i was like ah, I'm, I'm leaving man i was like i'm not doing it we're doing the same level of work which the pay was great before overtime was good and then like they cut the contract and i'm like dude we're not going to maintain the same level of work for 15k less and I was like, uh, you know, we also looking for new jobs. And that's why I was like, I'm not really looking to get another job. I'll try the business thing. If it fails, I go back yep. uh, and everything. And that's what you're good, man. You know, a lot of people, uh, just your story right there, man. It's like that, that being gutted like that, man. And then like really, and you're trying, and you're just not getting traction. You're going up and down results. Um, a lot of people, again, man, when you go back to the dudes who are jealous, they don't, because they don't know you personally. Mm. And they, they're probably watching now like, oh, man, that, that he went through that. They'll get, gain respect for you because it wasn't given to you, man. Nothing nothing that you're doing right now or have right now was given to you. I mean, you know, you went on Gumtree that night, found the car, and <laughs> bam, you have, you have this car. And that's the, you know, the foreshadowing, forethinking, and a lot, of, a lot of guys don't do that, man. So for the um, – I was about to say, man, I, I'm kind of – we mentioned America, right? And uh, Dan Savage, who was the guy who asked uh, – I'm not sure if you know Dan – uh, but he, he drove for Sicky and everything. He's one of the guys kind of I was making an example of where he driving and then Sicky pulled out and he kind of yeah um, he went away. Uh, we, we, sorry, he didn't. Dan, you didn't go away. You're still there, but he's <laughs> just not driving the Formula Drift. But so you did. You had aspirations to actually drive in America and oh hell yeah, Formula Drift. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Like um, yeah, that that's I actually got my my license to do it from winning oh, yeah. the China Championship. Right, right, right. So you know, you put your right. petition in, see if you right. pass, and yeah, they said yep. Right. And that's that's why I chased it because I won the championship. That job fell through. And I'm like, right, I got the license, I got the car. All right. I need to do is get there. Right. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds simple, yeah. Yeah, that's half the problem, um, man. You got to get the team over there and all that stuff. Yeah, man. like hit up everyone about uh transport and you know one of the most helpful dudes was uh rad dan like yeah. he was actually keen to oh, obviously he's still had to charge me and whatever but he was actually really keen to uh put me up at the workshop get me in his transporter to get to each round and it was yeah i had every resource covered i just the financial thing that's the only thing yeah it's the only thing holding me back yeah, it's that's a big thing, man. It's again, it's it, again, and it, people like they just, I mean, you got all this stuff and all these fall like, dude, it's still, uh, again, I go back to F one, man. Those guys got to pay for transportation, and they pay for a different transportation that gets it there in like days, not weeks. Yeah, 
you know, they, they can't be waiting on trailers when they got they ready to go. Like, where are the cars at, man? Like, Red Bull is waiting for their car. They're like, that's not going to happen to Vettel or any of those dudes. They're not going to wait for their cars. So, like, they, and it's different, you know, and it what it sucks about it, man, is it um, all forms of motorsports, man, from dirt uh, racing up to, like, you know, the top levels, there's always politics in it. And that's the, one of the parts that, you know, you can't escape. And then also you got to learn to play that game and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where me, I kind of like, I, I know it's there. And I, I've probably hurt myself because um, when a Japanese guy is coming around, I don't grovel to him. I don't like, you know, kiss their ass. Yep. And they, they get it from all the other guys. So when I, I, I respect them, I say hello. I talk to them, but I don't, um, I'm not a jester. Yep. And a lot of a lot of the guys who come over here, they just like, they do things and they light their hair on fire and they do things to... And the Japanese, they might seem like they like you, but they're like just laughing at you. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's a clown. And I refuse to do that. So, and as a result, it comes across to them like I don't like them or something like that. So then they just kind of put me in a. I've been judged before in a race and in, in a competition, and I had a little error or whatever, and I, I messed up. And I was like, all right, just straight up. I mean, I got to be razor sharp, no mistakes to, to get past. Yeah. And I, know, I noticed that, man. And I've seen Japanese make mistakes, straighten out clutch kicking and get back in it and they they go on and like and and i'm like man that 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 sucks and when you see that it's like it is what it is man so you know it is you know politics and i mean have you experienced any yourself like you know seeing any things that kind of like uh pissed you off for a few moments and then like you're like about it heaps man (laughs) heaps so much it's insane you know like but i have the mentality and as soon as something goes wrong Whatever it is, man, the first line that comes in my head is in the brief, like in, in the, what do you call it, the, um, what's that document they send you before you, uh, the regulations or whatever, you know, yeah, the yeah, big yeah, list yeah. of crap that no one reads. Right. I'm the dude that reads that <laughs> crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, there's one line, judge's decision is final. Right. As soon as something happens, that just gets imprinted in my head. And I just let it go. Yeah. Whatever, man. Like, that's what it's going to yeah. be. That's what it's going to be. Like, I don't. Yeah. I've never been one to uh, petition. Never been one to, you know. It's probably I could have. I could have like right. pushed it yeah. and like, you know, done something about it. But it's just I don't know. It's just how I've been. I've just like if I've had a bad call or if I've seen a bad call or if I've been involved in a team that's had a bad call, I just wipe it off and yeah. that's it, man. Is what it is. Yeah, because if you if you become a guy that uh, that constantly petition, constantly whines, and now I see I see it a lot, man. I got I got to say names, but Twitter has become like a, a a therapeutic bitch fest, and it's like, oh man, right after the event, events the events not even like five minutes uh, old. I don't I don't agree with this, and I'm like the judges see that, man. And so what do you think they're gonna think about you the next time they judge you yeah. and stuff like that? I just kind of I myself seen it, and I kind of I didn't go online and. And, and bitch about it. I did wreck my car as a result, though. I, I um. Oh, that's not good. Uh, yeah. I, uh, it was an event, and I seen. I definitely know it. it. It was the conglomerate of people there. I didn't. They really didn't care for me too much, and uh, I seen some calls that were that were unfavorable for some guys, and then they would give it to other guys. So I took my car out, uh, my S13, uh, want my my 180 back when I put the RB26 in it. As in rage, I went out to Toge, man. I took a, a D1 car, you know, it had D1 stickers all over it, about 500 and something horsepower Alta Toge, and I'm drifting in third gear where these guys are drifting in second. And he's like, oh, Baca, slow down, slow down. So I'm like thinking I'm cool, and I fucking, uh, 
I come down the hill, third gear wide open, uh, and I couldn't see where I was going at. So by the time I seen the ditch, it was too late. Oh. I so I, well, most probably know this story already, man. I hit the uh, guardrail, did a 180, went down a hill, 10 feet, and then crashed into a tree. And I'm sitting in a fucking ditch, like, dude, this is not real life, man. I got it. This is a fucking track car. Fuck. Uh, and yeah, so man, that set me back two years, man. Like that set me back two years. I just got the military, so I was making a, a thousand bucks every two weeks. So there was no way I can. I mean, I spent about maybe 25, 30k building that car, and uh, it's. In the ditch, man. Luckily, I got out of the ditch without the cops seeing me, so I was saved. Fire, uh, but, yeah, man. So that that uh, yeah, man. So like, don't take your comp guys out, comp cars out, and, and re- release stress, guys. <laughs> that that's, that that doesn't work. This so I could still have that car right now today. Was well, so um, it? I mean, it's complete wreck. Well, actually, it's sitting outside, like ten feet from me right now. I got I reshelled everything into a Sylvia. Yep. So only only thing that got wrecked was the frame itself and the intercooler. Everything else was was because uh, I. It was very stiff. The roll cage definitely saved my leg because it uh, kind of did the taco thing a little bit. And uh, right where my leg, my foot was, the roll bar uh, stopped the, the tree from coming inside the car. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, man. So, dude, I, I'm like, bro, this is a dream. Like, this has to be not real. I'm in the car like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking about getting kicked out of Japan. My car stuck in the ditch. Then it, while I'm sitting in the car, because I sat in the car for about 10 minutes, because I couldn't believe this shit was happening. I was like, well, how am I going to pull my RB26 out when it's on a foot? It's like a slope like this. I can't get an engine lift in there. So I got to get this engine out of this car. So I start pulling the D1 stickers off the car. I start pulling all the sponsor stickers off the car. And to the guys, like, cops are coming, and I had to leave. So I had I had some D1 stickers on the side. And then if they would have seen the car, it would have been bad, man. It would have been really bad. So, again, we got it out of there. Had some help from the Yakuza mates. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> real real story, man. Holy so hell. Yeah, so that's like movie shit, man. No <laughs> so, shit. But, yeah, that, that happened, man. That was that was a that night was a result of a bad judging call, and I, I was mad. I didn't want to go on Facebook, but I did, my, a buddy asked me to come out, and I was like, all right, yeah, I'll come out. And the, the kicker of everything is that same night, I had, road, I had the car was road registered, so I had tags on it, but I didn't drive it too much. The insurance expired that same night, oh. the insurance policy. So when a guy came to pick up the car, he was going to claim it and write it off as an insurance pickup. So when he checked my policy, he was like, dude, this expired last night. So I had to pay him 1200 bucks for that pickup. Wow. Yeah, was 12, yeah, yeah man, 1200 bucks, And I didn't have the money, so it took me, um, it took me uh, what, six paychecks. I gave him 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks, And his son, I, as a result... Kind of knew that I owed him money, so he was coming. He's like, "Hey man, I need a clutch change, so I changed his clutch for free." Then I did. So at the last thing, I'm like, uh, "I'm like, nah, dude. Here's the final two hundred bucks. Take this beer to your father, and we're, I don't want to talk because he took advantage of the situation." Yeah. I his dad helped me out and everything, but um, he he was he was kind of extorting me for service, and I was like, after the fifth, I was like, "Nah, man, sorry, dude." And I was like, "Man, Japanese are dirty too, man." <laughs> so. Well, yeah, man, that's a real story out there, guys, who didn't hear that story Oh, before. Jesus, it's, man. All to, all to drift. All for the drift life, man. Man. <laughs> that's something I've never been able to do, eh? Street drift. I've never been able to do it. Dude, it, it, it's a... Well, what happened was... Uh, it was... I blame Ibisu Toge course because when I first drifted there, I was like, shit, man, I could drift on Toge because once you link it up, you're like, that's a real road. So I went on the actual roads. I'm like, you know, drifting or whatever. But it's like, there's that feeling like, well, you know that, you know, you know what you're doing is illegal. 
So it's like, and you can't push hard. And then like, you know, it's coming from a track where you're, where yourself, you're manjian at the top of fifth gear down the street. Yeah. Then you go to a, a, a toge where you're, you're restricted to second and third gear and you know, you could push faster. That's where it's dangerous for us because we're, we're at the time I wasn't pro, a pro licensed driver, but we're far advanced than the guys that are out there because they don't go to the track. So our, our level of pushing harder and faster is normal for us. So they kept telling me to slow down. I'm like, what do you mean slow down? Fast is good, right? But he's like, no, no, no. Second gear only. So they were saying <laughs> second gear. I'm like, dude, no, nah, man. Second gear is like nothing. My turbo's not spooled up. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah, man. man. Yeah. That's 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 one of the stories, man. But but all right, actually about the um one thing is D one D one NZ that's uh, coming up uh, this week, correct? Yep. What day is it going to be on? Uh so it's Friday, Saturday, and Friday. I think the Friday. I really should know this, but the Friday is pretty much a practice and qualifying, uh, and then the Saturday they're putting it on uh, Sky Sport TV. You know, I don't know okay. where if that's live in. Australia or America, but I know it's obviously live in New Zealand. Um, yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty crazy, man. I'm, def- I'm definitely gonna try to tune in, man, for that. And the uh, for the um, what was it? Um, so this Sky, so Sky, I guess that's the, it's a, this is the streaming service, or is it? Um, it's, it's a TV service. Yeah, it's a TV service that they use or yeah. that they've partnered with. Um, right. So it's during another motorsport event, basically. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be kind of like um, world time attack. You got your time attack, and then you okay, got your drifting, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. So it's going to be a pretty action packed sort of day, as far as I'm aware. Like I don't know all the details just yet. And I should, right? But um, yeah. hey, it's all good, man. You show up to the China yeah, with an email. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. going to be it's going to be good. Like I drove that 86 last year at Pukekohe, uh, and oh man, that was the one of the craziest things I've ever done, like trying to commit to the first corner and you are literally like road speed, you'd literally have to do 180 Ks an hour before (laughs) you can initiate. Like it's, you know, we we can drift and we can get up to 180 Ks munging or something and and the fluid momentum of it is, is quite natural to do, but going dead straight in a grip setup yeah. And doing 180, 190 k's, and then going right. I got to either clutch kick or handbrake into right. this corner. <laughs> and if it, if you know, like if you go to enter and it grips up and shoots the front end left, yeah. you're straight in a wall, man. Like it's yeah. it was the most insane thing I've ever done, and it took me three three whole practice sessions. Like I think my first entry was like 130 k's an hour. I'm like, man, I'm so slow. Like it just yeah. started drifting, and then like. It's too shallow. Like, i got to go quicker. <laughs> Next lap, I did 150Ks. I'm like, holy crap, that was so fast. Next one, 160. I'm like, this is still too slow. Yeah. Next one, 170. I'm like, man, I still can't do this. What the <laughs> hell? And I'm just like hitting my helmet. I'm like, just hold it pinned. Just hold it flat. So I just held it flat and I was just pulling the sequential. And I got into sixth gear and I'm just still flat. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> and just... I run out of legs in the car, so I had to handbrake entry to slow yeah. it down enough, and then it just got around the corner. It was, but once you do it, it's you can do it every lap. 
Yeah. That's the men- mental mental part. Like, uh, one of the things, uh, again, a lot of people that don't know drifting, man, it's like drifting, um, like rally. Rally, those guys, people see them, guys, they call them crazy. I'm like, dude, these guys are flat out driving whatever, how fast they're going in between trees and shit, man. You got everything to hit. Everything is there to hit. And it's just like I talked to one guy in rallies, and I, I kind of implemented this to my uh, somewhat the drifting because you can't you got to look out, you know, put clipping points, as you know. Uh, but with grip racing, like they just said, they, they they don't look at the sides. They just look straight. So everything on the sides just kind of goes like this, and they just don't pay attention. Because if you look at a tree, do you, know, you know how it happens. If you look at an object, you're probably going to go towards it. And it's crazy how that happens. Yeah. Can't explain that. But um, uh, drifting, man, it's like we've all crashed when you get to a certain level. And, like, to come back out, the car is going to go and then, and then redo it the next lap. I've had regulars come. They're like, dude, you just crashed. And then you came back, you <laughs> shook off the dirt, and you clutch kicked the car, and you went around, checked, you know, make sure everything's good to go. And you did the same thing again, and you pulled it off perfectly. I'm like, dude, yeah, because we can dr- we can drift it, you know, you know, 20 times out, you know, whatever. You know, you get the odds are there, but it's that one time where you'll mess up, you'll come short. E-brake doesn't work. The E-brake's hot. Brakes are hot. The clutch ain't holding or whatever. So yeah. we know that. And a lot of people don't realize, man, it takes a lot of heart um, in any motorsports to um, to to go back out there after you crash, after you wreck the car. That's the For me, man, after a wreck, that first couple of times, I'm like, uh, and then the next time, like, all right, whatever, right back in it. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, I'm pretty sure you wrecked some cars in your time <laughs> and, and everything, man. So it, it happens, man. But the uh, but the what, what I want to ask about now, the A6 that I, I, I seen you, uh, what the A6 is, uh, what engine's in there? Uh, 2J. 2J. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So and, and it's who, who's the because I, I tagged uh, what DK DKM DKM. Yeah. So DKM built that car or uh, is that the? I don't know how it all evolved. So Toyota Galore Parts, uh, yeah, Galore Parts Group in New okay. Zealand own the car. Um, so that's like a, a wrecking yard sort of thing, or like a, a Toyota company. So he right he owns a lot of Toyota businesses in New Zealand, but um he built the car. Uh, and then like DKM, uh, the Jenkins boys, um, NTD developments, there was like a lot of people that built the mm-hmm. car up over years. So like DKM right. might've started with it, uh, like doing the cage or whatever. Then this person did the engine and then this person did the tuning and then like everyone sort of had their right. time with the car. Um, but this year it's now... So the engine was, I don't know who the engine was built by, um, but the engine was put in by NDT. They tuned it. Um, and then Casper Transmissions are going to be spanner checkering, checking it, like in between each round. And then right. DKM have come on board to be my pit crew for the year. So there's a lot of people involved with it all. Right, right, right. Um, right. But it's just, that's the only way I can make it work without taking too much time out of all these businesses you know like right. it's right yeah and uh and now my goal is to make sure all these companies involved in it get the most out of this whole year from me being aligned with them you know so i'm going to go over to new zealand i'm going to show my audience everything these companies do um like casper they do transmissions and they pretty much service all the d1nz field whether it's sequentials g-forces um diffs everything man they do heaps of stuff then dkm they do all the fab work um they got crazy stuff in the shop all the time and it's it'd be like you know if i come to japan i'd, I'd come to your workshop 
and mm. and make a video about it just to show the rest of the world what your shop's yeah. like, you know, like, and it just, it creates a, you know, it just, it opens the horizon to so right. many new people, whether or not they end up being customers or not, it's a pretty slim chance, yeah. but it just gives you that, that wider uh, audience to you, you know, like it's. It, I mean, a case in point was like, I never, I mean, I, I mean, not, I don't want to say like it's a bad thing, but I never, I never heard of DKM until I seen the picture. Then I clicked, I was like, oh, this, these guys, and I checked their work. I'm like, man, these guys do cool work. And that's how it works, man. Yeah. Like, you know, people like, they feel like, man, there's so much, there's so many people out there, like people share stuff all the time, but it's still, man, it's like everybody, it's so many people that re- people really don't, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, register that dude. There's so many humans on the globe, man, that not everybody knows everybody or follows everybody. You got, again, like you got snowboarders and Sean White and all those guys in this lane. You got, uh, you got BMX guys in this lane. You got skaters in this lane. You got Kelly Slater and the surfers in this lane. Like everybody's doing different things. They're known in their lanes. But when you come together, man, which is cool about the uh, social media, is just bringing everybody together again and, and putting the circles out there. So I didn't know personally, man. So now I got to go back on that picture and tag all those guys you just brought up <laughs> because I was like, holy shit. Now they probably like, dude, I built that car. I did this. So now I'm going to go back and watch the video and like try to tag everybody but and then follow <laughs> those guys too. Uh, because eventually, maybe when I come to Australia, I'll link up with some of those guys or whatever. Or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. New Zealand, definitely. So that's the, that's definitely the goal, man. So for the the, the one the uh, the one thing I wanted, I kind of want to leave this towards like the uh, the the end of the conversation. The um the because it is awesome video, man. I watched it a bunch of times. The BMW video that you shot, like what was the the what was the uh, I guess what was the first time you looked at trying to drift on that road, and then how was the process of like getting to uh, uh, I mean, if you could talk about it, getting the getting the the go ahead to drift on the yep. road, and also like the the shooting process and everything. How how was that overall? It was insane. Like it um, it started. I actually found an email that I sent in two thousand and two thousand eleven. I think it was. Uh, so what nine years ago now? Uh, and it was an email to myself, basically saying the coordinates of the road, the project name. Uh, what's involved to make it happen and just another like a reminder underneath it like just make it happen so it's always been on my mind and every year I'd I'd send a like it's like a proposal I guess to the government or whatever whoever's in charge of that road at the time because it went from the council and then it went to the government owned like it's meant to be a highway Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd send through the proposal to basically say I want to shoot an advert I uh, started off with a clothing advert to help promote my clothing business and that's why I needed to shut the road down um, and do some filming of a car going up the hill. I never mentioned drifting <laughs> or anything like that. Um, and it got to a point where it was literally approved because like companies like Holden and whatever, they actually used to use that hill quite a lot to just do like, you know, screen panning of a car cruising up there because the scenic behind it is just incredible yeah, it awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah and um so that went on every year uh i ended up having the like i don't know what you call them. like it's like it's like a mayor or whatever like the head of mm-hmm. a certain town he sent me an email because he seen an article in a newspaper about me going to china and he just said oh awesome work um love what you're doing rah 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 and i and he goes if there's anything i can do to help just let me know with with anything moving forward so i just like he might be able to help me here yeah. so i sent him an email 
I'm like, hey, mate, uh, you wouldn't know who I could get in touch with to try and get this approval of the road closure that I'm trying to do to make this crazy video. And he absolutely loved the idea. Uh, and he actually tried to help me make it all happen, but that all fell on deaf ears as well. Like, mm. it just never really got anywhere. And then in, last year, I noticed Brad Day, who ended up being the guy who filmed the whole thing. He's a yeah, yeah. he's a 22-year-old, like, wow. kid man from Adelaide. Like, he bases himself in Gold Coast now. Wow. Uh, but his family are in Adelaide, and he's from Adelaide. And I noticed he was doing all this crazy film work, like, with Adelaide Motorsport Festival, and they were blocking roads off, and everything was just coming out heaps fast. And I'm like, man, this how's this dude getting all these road closures? So yeah, I, yeah. I just hit him up, and I'm like, hey, man, um, just wondering how you go with road closures and whatever. Like, I've got this crazy idea of drifting up this mountain road. I've wanted to do it for nine, you know, eight, nine years. Um, and he just straight up just said, that'd be easy. And I'm like, <laughs> no freaking way. And with no joke, within a month, approval was done. Uh, traffic management was sorted. Um, oh. His own traffic management crew were sweet to do it on so many days that we had planned. Um, mm. The cops got involved. They were all good with it. Uh, like, insurance was good. Like, there were so many things that I didn't even factor in, and he sorted them all as well. Like, it's... it's well, so, like, how's, what's this guy... Like, I mean, if you could talk about it, man, what's this guy's connection? Like, what he, is he... I, I don't even... Like, so his parents, um, they run a Subaru mechanic shop oh, in adelaide okay uh so his brother is quite heavily involved in racing around australia he's done mm. like uh the the development class for supercars he's done the porsche series he's uh you know they're really successful family and i, I don't know brad just got obsessed with filmmaking and loved mm. making videos and he just done all this crazy good work with all these companies around australia and then obviously with his brother and making these viral videos that yeah, it was just really freaking good. And then, um, I don't know, he just, he's had, he's got all the contacts to make this sort of thing happen. And, and that's, just, that's, that's, that's the world, man. The, the more contacts you got, the more people you know, it works. It's all about who you know, eh? Like, it's, right. it's crazy. And then yeah. when it all happened, um, it just, like, it felt like we had two months, like, heaps of time to get everything sorted and in place. And then it all just, come rushing up to the date that we locked in like we had to put it like i had to pay to put an ad in the paper to let the whole town know that i was locking it off because there's only one way into the town and out oh, okay. um you know i had to pay for all this stuff and it was a crazy big expense for me to make it happen yeah i wanted to do it you know like it's <laughs> right um it's been a dream of mine for ages and it, a lot of things kind of got screwed up on the morning like the traffic management team didn't set up the detours quick enough so we ended up only having four hours to shoot that oh. whole video and um like brad organized a tracking car and that's his brother actually drove it he's like a uh, professional racer mm. and between the drones uh the tracking car like all the red cameras the the production crew that he, he had a couple of mates come over from queensland what we achieved in four hours was nothing short of just insane like it was you know, like I had this vision. Uh, I just said to him, I want the first scene to be a massive impact, like visually and sound wise. And I want to be coming around this hill, full tilt, smoke 
coming yeah, out. Like, man. <laughs> and that's all I want. The rest of it, you can do whatever you want, but I don't want slow-mo. I don't want music. Um, I just want it to be raw driving. Yeah, it's, it's this turbo and gearbox noise, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an like, engine noise. Yeah, and yeah. so we had a full audio system set up in the car. The whole passenger seat was full of audio gear, and there's mm-hmm. microphones all through the car, and it was a crazy setup. And the day before um, we were shooting that, I took it out. Uh, two days before, I went to Malala just to make sure the car was all good because you know what cars are like. Mm. They're so temperamental. Right. Took it out, and this electrical issue was happening. Oh. And it's got a smart wire in it. So there's no relays, nothing. It's a smart wire PDM. Um, so it's all controlled in this one little electronic box. And I was having all these weird electrical issues. I thought it was the alternator, and then, like, I'm changing all this stuff. And then before I knew it, the car wouldn't even start. It just Shit. it just died. I'm like, I'm two days out from the biggest dream that I've ever wanted. Yeah, and all, the, all the money spent yeah. and everything man so yeah. i had to get a a new smart wire um sent from sydney expressed on a like personal toll uh like someone had to literally take it to the airport put it on a plane and then went, get to adelaide i had to get a toll to, to go to the airport pick up that mm. and physically deliver it to me cost of fortune yeah. and i didn't even know if that was 100 percent the problem Literally the night before, I, I got it at mid, pretty much midnight the night before we were shooting, plugged it in, started the car, and that was the problem. And it was like, mm. holy crap, man. If that would have happened on the day, oh, yeah. the video would have never happened. Yeah, man. Like, that's great. That's, like, that's why, actually, man, like this stuff, right, I mean, of course, I'm finding out about it. I'm pretty oh, sure people in your circle know about it, but like guys that are watching. And also, uh, you should know, man, the video is also, the video is going to be on the intro and outro of this uh, oh, cool. podcast. So people, people will see it. And again, I, uh, you know, uh, you know, I learned a lot about it, you know, as far as uh, uh, Brad, man, you said he's currently 22 years <laughs> old right now. Dude, I'm, I'm thinking like, I'm watching the video, like this dude's like maybe 30, yeah. late 30s, 40s, like that, dude, the cinematic, the, the production, the, the arrangement, the the shooting, all that stuff, man. Because I do a little bit, and I do video editing, so I got an eye for it a little bit. Yeah. But dude, that all, I mean, the 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 video actually, I didn't. <clears throat> when you released it, I was tracking you putting everything up, everything up. But the day you released it, I was actually down in um, I was down in Yokohama doing business. So when I, I was driving, you know, between I'm eight hours from Yokohama. So anyway, I didn't watch it until about three days after. Yep. And it already had blew up, man. It was already like Facebook, <laughs> this many views, YouTube. Uh, it was, it was. Uh, I seen it on um, Yahoo. Oh I yeah, it, uh, yeah. I seen it because uh, you know Yahoo kind of takes like all the thing from the search engine. Oh, of course. It, yep. It was. Uh, it just. It 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 it, it trended on Yahoo for one time for one point, and uh, then I was like, man, I gotta watch this video, man. And then like you know, again, the opening sequence, the you're in the cockpit, man, the noise, the. The com- I like uh, the my favorite shot is the one I used in the promos. Like you, just, the car, you hear it before you see it coming around the corner, yeah. and then it disappears in front of the BMW, and you just like flat out, man. Like <laughs> it, it was awesome, man. It was, it was, uh, it was cool. And then right after the video, I was like, dude, I gotta talk to him, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I gotta, I gotta, because I've always wanted to. You know, I mean, we we've been buddies on Facebook for amount many years, and like many people, man, we just you never, you know, I got the podcast now, so yeah. I'll be able to talk to all of those guys. And uh, I was like, eventually I'll run into you at an event, and that, that definitely plan on like running into you at an event at some point. But uh, again, man, it, it's just uh, 
it's just good to hear, hear the stories behind yeah. it and stuff like that. And then always right up to the event, man, like there's always something that happens, man. Uh, and it tests your resolve. Oh. And like, you know, you could have been like, ah, oh, fuck it is off. And, yep. But nah, man, you got with those guys, you got the harness and you swapped it out. Bam, everything happened. And people don't know that uh, going into these, these things, they just think everything is flawless. Everything is one, two, three. And then since 2011, you've been trying and getting shut down. And then you meet this guy. And he ha- he makes it happen, man. Yeah. So that's that's life, man. And um, it's definitely inspiration. I mean, for again, for me, man, uh, it's a major it's a major goal accomplished by yourself. But I don't think that's like that's not it. I mean, I'm pretty sure you want to do more stuff, and uh, it just elevates your stock and everything, man. So it's it's a cool thing, man. It's definitely uh, you know. So you you have plans on uh revisiting that road at a later time with the uh the one via or no well uh (laughs) i don't know if you've been to australia man but there's there's countless amount of roads like that around here so we've actually got a uh second video in the plan oh nice yeah yeah so like my original goal with the whole thing was obviously i just wanted to achieve and do that road i didn't really care what happened with the video uh, if it blew up, if something happened, whatever, um, it didn't really phase me. Like, yeah, of course, you know, like yourself, right. we, we want to see success. Like, that's a given. Right. Um, in, in all seriousness, the video didn't do that good on YouTube. It did well on Facebook, but right. um, yeah. I, I was a bit shocked at how, like, I've got all these other vlogs that I've done that have got heaps more views than that one. Um, mm-hmm. It could be down to what I named it. could be down to the tags I put in. I don't know, but... um. The next one, I'm going to be sort of making it more of a story, more so mm-hmm. than just the raw driving, you know, like a, right. yeah, I, I had a heap of good constructive crit, like criticism, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, talking to Brad, we're going to, we're going to make the next one more of a story, I think, so, yeah. yeah. But with YouTube, man, it's, um, it's, it's, it's well, you, well, one thing, if you would, I say, if you were to release this video two years ago, it would have been like, a lot more views because YouTube themselves, uh, I mean, it's, this video is going to be on YouTube. I'm not, you know, I don't know, if, you know, anyway, they know, they know what it is. Basically YouTube is, uh, made a lot of millionaires and they're like, dude, we're spending a lot of money on PewDiePie and all these other guys. We got to throttle back. You just seen, they just, t- they just change where kids can't, uh, yeah, yep. uh, monetize. And they, that was because, I mean, there was like over 50 channels with the same stuff and they're all paying these, these kids are millionaire. Like that one kid was like, He's set for life. Yeah. This, you know, that one guy. And um, and uh, so YouTube's changed. I, as a result, I used to go to, I used to have about a solid 2,000 or 4,000 views, which for my level, my only, my subscribers was a good amount. Dude, now my videos only register about maybe two to 300 views uh, because they, they, they scaled it back. Whereas though, if you don't have 10,000, 10, 10 uh, what, 10, 100,000, uh, 100, if you don't have 100,000 subscribers, you're kind of like not even, yeah. on the table so until you get to that that level then they'll trend your stuff so now i mean it's like i took it like that then i started my channel but the thing is it's weird how it works i only get those two three hundred views but in a week i do get about ten thousand views yeah so it, it those they add up and it's weird how they do the analytics but so it's still getting out there but it, you don't see the massive number yeah amount of views so for your video saying that if you released that video i think again two years ago would have been it would have been great like huge numbers and facebook every, everybody's going to facebook now to watch yeah. videos so like you could post the same video on youtube and post the same video like up your the promo for example yeah the promo for you being on the show 
on YouTube got about maybe 230 views. That same video on and uh, the first day, it was like 15k views in like the first hour. Yeah, wow. Of the video, and I'm like, dude, that's like weird how that works. And now it's <laughs> over a million or whatever for the promo. Far so it's out. weird how uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, are now kind of replacing it. Vimeo just like went away, and it's like, yeah, hey, yeah, so, yeah, did yeah, I? That was, yeah. And YouTube is this changing. So uh, instead of getting mad about it, like you said, man, the judges, the judges rule is final. It's like, all right, man, it's their game. I'll readjust in the podcast is what I came up with because I didn't want to make videos and go out and spend all this time and get 200 views. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, you guys, that video, say you shoot, it took four hours. It was like rushed and everything. But I mean, as far as the, the your timing for the road being shut down, but a lot of guys still don't know, you know, setting up the drones, setting up the audio equipment, <laughs> setting up the, the guys, setting up markers, getting the drivers, all that stuff to, to merge in four hours, dude. That's awesome, man. Well, the thing I, the thing with that shoot as well is like Brad's extremely fussy, right? And he can never let another camera be in the shot. So if he's filming something, there cannot be, not even a GoPro mount, nothing. Um, nothing can be seen on that car that's a camera. So from the, from the very first section, I think the first one, two, three, for the first four corners, I said to him, I want it to be one take, one set of marks only, like, Right. We got to get yeah, it. I noticed that. We got to get that. it first that. shot, um, <laughs> but we we obviously couldn't do it for the middle section because um, so whole first section done in one shot done. We move to the next section, and he goes right. You need to. We'll get the drone shot first. So I do the drone shot up the hill, um, and then the drones are out the window, and all the cameras are set up on each corner. Right. Let's get that done. Um, then the cameras are moved, and we do all the cameras on the car, and we do that mm-hmm. run. So there's three runs up the hill, hill now. Then we yeah. then we get the tracking car. So tracking car behind, we do a run. That's number four. Tracking car, <laughs> and then I follow the tracking car. That's run number five. And then after all that, we do a FPV drone run. So when you mm. when we're doing like the final run, it's like there's five or six set of marks up the hill. Yeah. And you know you people got no idea. They're straight on there like, oh, look how many times it took him to do it. Yeah. It's like, man, this wasn't no Ken Block thing. Like, we didn't right, yeah. we didn't sit there doing the corner 10 <laughs> times over to get it right. I was, just to, I was just about to say that, man. Ken Block. Because, you know, that's the number one thing with Ken Block yeah. videos. Everybody like, dude, look at it. Because you would see, like, where he would – there would be, like, one or two set of marks. Then you would see where, like, you see, like, it looks like about 17 takes yeah. to get this right and everything. I mean, hey, man, he, he got the cash to lock it down oh, and everything and stuff like that. 100%. No disrespect <laughs> to him at yeah. all. Like, he's yeah. absolutely killing it, you know? Like, and yeah. he, I haven't actually even watched that latest one, the China one that he did, but um, that yeah. sort of come out not too long after I released mine. And it just, right. it just went nuts, his did, and mine yeah. just sort of. Yeah, got kind of got yeah. squashed, you know, and I was like, <laughs> "Damn it!" If I just sort of figured out a right tag, so if someone watched yeah. his and then mine popped up, maybe or I don't know, yeah. but yeah, it is what it is, man. Like, um, yeah, his videos are completely different to what I'm doing. So yeah, the the thing about his thing about guys like him, before they even put the submit to upload it to YouTube, they already know, like, dude, it's gonna do this many views in this many hours. It's like they already have the everybody's waiting for it. Yeah. So like you know that it's like that's one of the things you're you know you're going against that and then like you know stuff like that. But I think because of the um, uh, the, the the I mean for me personally, I mean even with the views, man, 
the the video was shot. You guys got the road. To me, it's a success. Yeah. Uh, you got to, you got to do you what you wanted to do. As a result, I think for the next video, people will be looking out for that even more. So it's like every every time you do it, it's like the, his first video, Ken Block released. It wasn't really that. It wasn't like no, nobody was like, all right, cool. This guy's doing stunt driving, and then. They realized the magnitude of what he was doing. Then he's doing the one on the water, yep. and then he shuts down San Francisco, which nobody does. Yeah. And and uh, they's like, dude, this guy. And then the court, you know, again, he, he's he's successful in his business, and that's where, again, for me, that that uh, sacrifice of not being able to do cool shit for many years. Once the business gets flowing, then I can actually go to France. I can go to Estonia. I can come to Australia and do rounds and meet you guys and drive with you guys. Uh, so that's my goal, and that's why I work it, man. Um, so again, for the video, man, again, it, it, it straight up and down, man. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I watched it a bunch of time. It, it was it, when it came out, I watched it. I was kind of like in a bad mood and I was like, man, look, he's doing that and everything. And then like, again, all my guys online, I don't look at it like, oh man, fuck man. He's, he's surpassing me and all that stuff. It, it motivates me, man. That's good, man. I turn, that motive, that, that, that same feeling It's I guess it's a fine line where, you can you can be like oh fuck that guy and he's doing this and that and he got this but I know that ain't the case, I know like even before you told me what happened with the car <laughs> I know it wasn't straightforward I know it wasn't straightforward uh, straightforward, so I turned that into motivation man I I never look on my timeline and be like oh man you know he you know Nakamura won again or Daigo won again yeah like you know what I mean it's like cool you know what I mean eventually I, I I've never people who don't know out there I've been in the game for this many years I've never put po- I never podium ever yeah it's just Everything went from not uh, working, and then the first time I've actually drove to an event. I mean, sorry, I got a trailer. Um, I got top sixteen, and that was uh, King of Asia. All those years before, I was driving to events. I was, it was my daily driver. Oh uh, no! Why? Yeah, yeah, it was my daily driver. I would drive the R three three all over Japan. I drove down to Maze, which was like eleven hours from Masawa. Broke the transmission and drove back with no clutch, oh. with uh, pretty much clutchless, and then the engine blew on the way back. And then it's like people don't see that, man. I don't document it. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's like and now with the shop, I have trucks, so now the logistics is there. I don't, I can beat the shit out of the car and not yeah. worry about getting home. So that that right there, man, it unlocked a different level of driving right away to me. Yeah. I felt. Uh, versus driving to the event, and you think you're going 100, percent like you say, man, this is slow, and then you look at a video like that's fucking slow, man. <laughs> and then you know they'd like, dude, you got to get up. So my, you talking about 180, my fastest entry so far to date would only be like uh, like 125 kilometers before entry because I've only done Nico, and that was where Nico you got to go first, second, third, and then you just flick in. You can't really manji, yeah, because you 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 know you just got you just got to turn in and go. And you, you've been on Nico before? No, Nico no. circuit. Yeah, Nico is weird because you, you're drifting a flat spot. Ah, uh, yeah. You're drifting on a flat road, and then it links up to a corner again. So, and then it got the whole third wheel where you get the wheel in the air. Yeah, wants to do that, but that's not part of the the line. And uh, so when I first did that. I, that felt I washed off down the track, <laughs> and uh, you know, so yeah, man, it's just crazy everywhere, man. So. But yeah, man. Like any, like I say, man. It's, it's about we're about two hours in, man. I don't, don't want to take up too much of your time. Nah, we so definitely good. could do. We definitely could do this again, man. But um, and I, I got like you know many more. We I, pretty much all the questions um I had in my mind, I definitely asked those. More so being that you're, you know, I wanted to get a, a, again for the guys that are watching. I'm not trying to create any drama between you and guys in Australia, but it's just my perception, um, that 
it, it just seemed like I say we talked about before where it just seemed like you had more love and everything outside of your own home, yeah. hometown, home yeah. country uh, than it is, uh, you know, on a, on a national scene. I think, I, and, um, I honestly think it's just because like when, when they meet you or whatever or like if they're a part of something that you're doing, you're just, a, you're just another dude. Like you're just, right. you're just mates sort of thing. It's not like a, right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know, and yeah, yeah, like there's a lot of there's a lot of hate on drivers in Australia from other Australians, but that's that's yeah, because yeah. you know the dudes. I'm not going to name any of them, but yeah. some of the Australian dudes they win an event, man, and they just they just blow their head up. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. I've never that, I've never understood that ever. Like, yeah. I mean, how yeah. how can I sit here thinking I'm better than you like that's right we're all the same like it's right. just a there's no difference between me you and the next bloke you know like we're all yeah. we're all we're all the freaking same man it doesn't make sense it's yeah, just man. if you want to do something you just got to put in the work like 99 percent right. of it comes right. from showing up right and that's the thing man right there too it's, it's just like i mean you can look at uh you know there's you know you see it a lot you see it a lot of times you know f1 all the things but the guy like the guy the guy doesn't win or whatever, and then like you know, is it a lot of the one of the worst things most drivers do? I think is like blame the mechanic because yeah. it's like those dudes are building your car. So when you fucking go, you go online and you say, yeah, they, they sucked, and then you see F one a lot. They just drop the driver because they drop. After you go online and, and and blast the mechanics, you think they're gonna be like, yeah, man, let's build the next one. Like you just, I mean, that's there's constructive criticism, like saying like, hey, man, you guys didn't tighten that shock, and that was the reason why. Yeah. Now that's an issue, but blaming like the your lack of ability or like your you know your your focus not being there on the mechanics, man. The guys who build your car, that's kind of a bad thing to do. Oh yeah. Um. So, the um, you know, man, a lot of the um, I don't know, man. A lot of guys make excuses about why they didn't do well. For me, man, I just I personally knew, man. I'm like, dude, I didn't know why I was doing so bad. But then I talked to like you know Sunaga and all those guys at Team Orange. Is like, dude, like they was like Jackson, like you're driving. We don't drive our cars daily. They're just only for drifting. Yeah. And you can't and when you get a fresh alignment, then you go drive on a the road, then you, you, you mess up your alignment. I can't afford to get another alignment or I can't even get a session between before the next event. Like having it and it is you, you know, I guess it's getting older, you like you wanna have a cool ass car driving on the road. Now my daily driver right now is like a a a, a Toyota Corolla, the AE one ten. Yeah. Bone bone stock four by four like height and everything and it's just like i drive that now i don't have to be in a uh like a, a, a 600 horsepower street car yeah. so that you know growing out of that phase and uh, having trailers um again that one event i got top 16 out of 40 something cars and uh and that was just my first time so i'm like man this definitely this is the, this is the thing man uh, having that man so for the one uh, question about the d1nz that's coming up though what's the uh, driver how many drivers are in the field uh, uh that's a little bit unknown at the moment but they okay. they will only run a top 16 so no matter how many people oh, okay, okay, enter okay. only top okay. 16 qualify so uh, it's huge huge risk really like yeah i could go have you know it's just like anything <laughs> you got two laps to to show up man you have a small issue or you're not in the right, right. headspace Right. I'll be flying over there. I'll be flying straight back. <laughs> right. So it's like it's kind. Of, so I'm guessing. It, uh, so if they have, so it's top sixteen. They have a qualifying. They'll have a qualifying session or round. Yeah. So they got qualifying or... to figure out who makes top sixteen. Okay. 
and then the normal battle tree, top 16, top eight, uh, okay. four, final. So it's kind of like um, the – I didn't know it's, – it's in Japan they call it roulette. So uh, in G, G, G1 GP, what it would do, everybody would go on the track. You, they would open the track up and you got – there's an hour. And you can you can do one hour worth of laps or you can do go out there and do two laps and you think you've done it and you stop. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, it's, it's called roulette. So they would let about maybe 20 cars at a timeout and you just drift continuously. And they would sit back in the stands and, like, pick out this car. This guy spun out. He's not going to make it. They want a consistent run. Um, so I thought they were going to call me for the next round. So I did, went out and did three laps, and I, I nailed them. And then I, I kind of went off and let the car cool down. And I guess it wasn't uh, on a scale of things I didn't make it. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that was weird, man. And so, like, there was it was like 30 or 40-something cars, and then they got down, like, in a 16 man. or whatever like that. And they ran it. So, yeah, I didn't know. That's that's the the the, the lost in translation yeah. things that happened. So, it was, you know, it was no translator. And I was like, all right. So, I know. So, when they say roulette, I know what that means. So, it kind of sounds like that where they'll have maybe 40 drivers, and they'll watch everybody do two runs, and then they'll determine. Yep. Uh, yeah, okay, that's yeah. pretty cool, man. But you'll know, I mean, well, you know your score. Like, you do run one, okay. I'll put it up and say, you got this score, this is where you're sitting in the leaderboard. Um, mm-hmm. So you know if you've got to push harder or you've, you're sort of safe and you can go that extra mile and whatnot because obviously qualifying first is going to be a lot more beneficial than qualifying right. 16. So Okay, and this, this, being at this the first round, they don't, and I guess when they get past the first round, is there, is, will they have like, uh, will there be any seed seats? Or like, I mean, say if you finish first, First, second, and third from this round. Do those guys got to qualify again next round? Yeah. Or how's, yeah. Is, so it's always the yeah. There's no seated yeah. driving line. That's pretty. That's one. pretty fair, man. That's pretty fair, man. So they yeah. That's pretty. It's pretty cool, man. So the so uh, for this this band NZ is uh, is uh, Mad Mike going to be driving there or no? Nah, he or, he hasn't no. done the New Zealand series for quite a while. Like, he's doing okay. FD Japan this year. Okay. Um. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That's, a, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. FD Japan is um. I'm going to try to petition, but. Uh, I want to get this season. I want to get uh, like some. I want to do some uh, drift muscle rounds and yeah. see how that thing goes. Because again, the the King of Asia license alone is not going to be enough for them to, to pass me. So I talked to Robbie Nishida. I'm not sure if you know Robbie, yeah. but Robbie Robbie was like Robbie's one of those the guys, man. Um, like you said, the head blowing up thing. This dude could be like he's the coolest, levelest yeah. guy, man. I talk to him regularly. Like we do a lot of business together. Um, he bought some parts of me and saved it saved the month for me uh with the with the money and he's he's just a chill guy yeah. man. like he's just a regular dude he's been all over the world he's drifted everywhere and he's he's a normal guy then you get again you get the one guy who went like the local event and he's like dude i'm a i'm a rock star and he starts a starts a page and needs followers and all this stuff yeah. and like <laughs> dudes like daigo who could be like that and, well he speaks i heard he speaks a little bit better english but this dude goes all he wins three different championships in one year and he's like and he, then he's showing up at D one G one GP. Sorry, um, Matsuri, the next week in a in a missile chaser. Yeah, like it's like, dude, it's like we got guys <laughs> like them, guys like yourself, man, who are established and doing things, and they're out there, and then they're level cool dudes, man. And it's like you run into the rock stars, and like, bro, like we're all drifters, yeah. man. We all we all destroy tires, and we all look down upon by drip drivers. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> So, but yeah, man, it's cool, man. Like, so I went, like, say we're two hours and nine minutes in. Um, 
definitely want to have you on again, man. Yeah, uh, for like, sure. As, as, like, probably towards the end of the season, man, I'd just like to do a recap with you how the season went. Um, you know, how many rounds do you plan on doing in D1 and Z? All of them? Yeah, or just... all five. Okay. Yep. All five, man. So, in uh, it, the first, I say, I guess the first round, you say it starts Friday. Um, what's the last, uh, do they have a, uh, what's the schedule for the last round supposed to be? La- last round is the first week of May. May. So oh, it's, that's, it's really, it's pretty quick. Yeah, really. It's pretty quick. Sort of smashed out and, um, cause round two is in three weeks and then, Damn. yeah, then there's like a four week break so and then there's two rounds in two weeks and then, yeah, it's just, it's going to be crazy. So this car has got to be, man, it's like as soon as you leave the track, you got to start doing your post breakdown and your post inspections and like right away you can't let it chill for two weeks yeah like you know we normally do is put it on the back burner <laughs> um I, I mean honestly man my car sitting outside and my last event was 2015 and i i, have, I still haven't done a post and it's been four years <laughs> and it's like so it's like i haven't even done like the actually the engine blew after the event oh uh i went the next day i went to the track uh after after i qualified and made top 16 i went to the track to do more tuning i was tuning and my laptop, uh, I was doing, I was doing uh, Power C, and while I was writing some settings, um, the laptop cut off, and it, it changed all the, uh, it changed all of my timing to sixty, like sixty degrees everywhere. Uh, so I went, I went around again, and I noticed it was sounding weird. And then I came back, I'm like, dude, something's wrong. Took the piston out, dude. It was, it was done. Dang. So and it was because it, it, the laptop battery died and everything. I checked my maps. I'm like, dude. So I shut the car off and it was bad, you know. So that was just guys out there when you're doing live vlogging, make sure your laptop is charged at least fifty percent. So save your engine. And it, that happened, man. So it, man, it, it's little mistakes like that, man. It's like uh, it happens. And, and, uh, I didn't put it. I didn't put it online though because I didn't want to get the backlash. Yeah. All all the super tuners like, hey man, it's dumb. Why should you go? You know, make sure your stuff is plugged in and stuff like that. So. It happens, man. We all made mistakes. I've had time belts come off and things like that, and you know, n- nobody's perfect. Yeah. But it was my car. It wasn't a customer car. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but hey, man. Hey, man. So, like, for the um, just a final parting thing. Like, uh, I'm going to definitely put your links on there. But where can people follow you at and things like that on your Instagram and yeah, uh, where can they hit you up at? Yeah. So, um, everything's under Drift Squid. So uh, the YouTube's under Drift Squid. Uh, Instagrams at Driftsquid. Uh, Facebook page is Driftsquid. Um, it's easy. Yeah, it's all just done the Driftsquid. <laughs> Real easy, man. And Sim- simple, man. Yeah, yeah. And if there is like yeah, dudes man. out there that you know what I'm like, if there's you want to ask me a question, man, I'm I'm easy. Like I, I probably won't jump on it straight away, but I yeah. always put time in to go through them and and answer them, whether it's RB related questions or what. I've made quite a few videos now where. You know exactly what I do to my engines to keep them alive and whatnot. So, right. yeah, right. It's, it's, I'm always happy to help. Easy. Yeah, I, def- I definitely, I, ch- I definitely looked at them. We definitely share a lot of the same, uh, you know, the same um, the theories. I mean, because RBs, they're all they're there's certain things that they require, like oiling, oiling mods. One thing yep. is like the biggest thing is like the whole, everybody trashed about the oil pumps, but it's like if you do the certain mods you need for that, you're good to go with that. And um, it's just mostly guys who. With the whole one J two J thing, I mean, I mean, and again, this is coming from an RB guy. Like, I mean, I love RBs, but and it's the same thing when you you compare RB to SR twenty out the box. RB twenty twenty five or twenty six will always outperform longer than an SR twenty S thirteen with this with the rock arms and everything. Then if you put a side by side of a bone stock unopened unmodified one uh, J or two J, they will 
in the same car, same driver, the one G, they would kind of last longer because the way Yamaha built it. Yeah. It's just a well built engine. But the fixes to make the RB just re- reliable and not like astronomical, they're not expensive. Yeah. It's just most of the guys are lazy and they don't want, they can't do it or they don't want to pay a shop to do it. So when a when a GTR guy comes here with RB twenty six, I'm like, you need this, you need a you need the collar, you need a new pump. You don't necessarily need a high end Tomei pump. You just need the collar, and you need the restrictor. But the restrictor is five bucks, but your head has to come off and be resurfaced. <laughs> crank has to come out and be the, the collar has to be pressed on, not welded on, and stuff like that. Then uh, you you can go with the you know the splines the spline type or the standard type. There's options I give that guys I give it to the customers. And generally, once I break everything on the cost, he's like, ah, nah, man, I think I'm think I'm going to chance it. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. Then, uh, you know, I spent four years beating up a, a fixed RB26, R32. I, three hours when I cut my buddy's engine, three hours I blew the pump in three hours. Because wow. he had a, um, yeah, he, he had a – it was a, a D1 round. Um, not sure if you've seen the video, but uh, I I blew my engine at the Nico. And I went to I went to uh, the couple following weeks. I went to Maze to try to get my D1 street legal license before the girl died at Nico, and they shut shut everything down. Yeah, yep. Um, so I went there. My buddy had a GTR. I was like, "Dude, can I borrow your, borrow your engine?" So he bring his whole GTR over, Japanese guy. I took his engine out. Went from a, a hundred and twenty five thousand, like it was, it was up there in mileage. So I took his engine out. Took all the stuff off, bolted all my turn. It went from a, a, a grandma's GTR engine to a full spec track engine <laughs> in like two hours. So I bolt. So his engine's like, engine's like, what the fuck's going on, man? Like all this R, <laughs> all these RPMs, all this stuff like this. And I trailed the car there, so I didn't drive it there. So it didn't really. I put it in, started it up, shut it off, put it on the trailer, loaded up my tires, and went to the track. So I, I went from I get I, just driving normal to just like banging off the limiter at eight thousand RPMs. Um, so his valve train, only thing it had on it was the uh, I just changed the oil. That was it. Yeah. And uh, so I put all my gauges on and everything. So three hours into it, man, I um coming around, coming down a hill, and there's no oil pressure. I'm like, oh shit, the thing is blinking. Uh, so I shut the engine off, and um, engine was safe, but the oil pump was shattered. Yep. And I found my guy, and as a result, man, that that what happened. I found a guy named uh, Teps, uh, run by a guy, guy named Kana Iwahashi, who used to be D1 GP. His shop is right across the street from Top Secret, and Top Secret, I didn't know it was right there. I just kind of passed by. Yep. Uh, Top Secret is kind of more prestigious. They don't. They, they, his shop, they're, they're, his shop is kind of like more uh, grassroots, but he does does the same work. And I met this guy, man, and as a result of blowing a pump, and he had, like, pumps just sitting up there, like, yeah, this happens a lot. So he has the pump up there, got a brand-new OEM pump, uh, took the wall pan down, took the subframe down, swapped the pump out, didn't sleep, man. So I, And I, then after the event, I drove back, so I didn't sleep for, like, two days. And I'm driving back, I'm driving back to uh, from Maze to Masawa with my wife and my first kid. She was pregnant, and I'm falling asleep and shit at the wheel, and I'm like, dude. Like, yeah, so it was, that was it. And all that stuff, man, I spent about $4,000, and I didn't get a single point. Uh, Kazuma-san, he was like, dude, can you just do a lap? I was like, dude, I can't because it, the after the, t- pump, the pump blew, I did two laps with no oil in the turbo, and the turbo also uh, uh, messed up as well. Yep. So it was like, yeah, man, and, and, and most guys, that would, that would defeat most people. But uh, it's like, hey, man, it's, it, it happened. You know, it's part of the thing. And my thing... When I, the way I think about it, I'm like, bro, 
we spend what we spend, but F1 spends what they spend, and they still blow engines. So yeah. it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. That's, that's dead right, man. That's dead <laughs> right. That's... Yeah, so that, 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 that makes me feel better, though. I mean, that makes me feel better about the amount of money I spent. <laughs> But it, that's that's kind of how I justify it, and like, all right, cool, cool, cool. NASCAR blows engines, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, that's the way I feel better about it, man. But hey, man, we definitely uh, definitely will do this again. I'd like to speak to you again after the, the round five, which is really quick. I thought it'll be later. Yeah. Uh, but so we'll we'll definitely uh, speak um, after that. I'll, I'll follow you. I'll post your events. I'll uh, share the stuff around to get more people on it, and uh, just talk about how the series went and everything, and you know your thoughts and stuff on it. And hopefully, man. I'll be talking to a champion of D1 yeah. N, D1 N, D1 NZ. So, you know, it is there, man. So, again, brother, you got any final thoughts or anything you want to pelt there? Or you no, I, to honestly, just massive thanks, bro. Can't thank yeah, you enough. Man. It's been awesome, mate. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> appreciate it heaps. Love what you're doing, man. And, um, no problem, man. Yeah, I, honestly, I want to come visit you over there, eh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I got a, I got a slew of cars I'm building um, uh, for the just visitors. Like just because I mean we got my track is forty five minutes from my shop from where I sit right here forty five minutes and it's open seven days a week. Wow! Uh, so there's no there's no only time there's like conflicts is if they have a, a event like a, they do karting and they do bike but it's only in like from eight o'clock uh, zero eight to about twelve and that's all done because they do it's quiet they do so many laps and also because the they're, they're 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 quiet they can run through during lunch hours. Ah uh, yeah. Drift cars, drift cars got to shut down between twelve and thirteen. That's the agreement they have right there. So generally after like one o'clock, the track's open, man. And it could be, I mean, I go to the track by myself like a lot. It's just me and the track. I can go anywhere I want. I pay 40 bucks for an, for uh, half a day. That, that's it, man. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so we'll definitely, so you're definitely going to come over here, man. And I, I'll have cars ready to slide. They'll be a little bit above the China spec, the first ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But the uh, I got I got I got varying levels of cars, man. Everything, but definitely, man. When you come over here, let me know. And then also, when I come uh, uh, get get this shop more situated, I'll definitely be looking to come over there and visit and um, just you know check out the the scene and Bloody meet the guys and stuff, man. So, hey, man. Again, brother, thanks for the time uh, time out of your your life and your schedule. I know you got a bunch going on. You're going to be gone tomorrow. Uh, you, you get on the road tomorrow to go towards. Um, New Zealand, right? Uh, no, so, yeah, work tomorrow, day after I got a promo okay. thing, and then Wednesday fly out. Yeah. Still tons of work. Yeah. There's tons of stuff, man. So, <laughs> again, always, always, man, like I say, man, for my guests, if I got to be here at 2 a.m. to make it happen, I'll be here, man, because, again, that's you guys uh, make it. I can come on here and talk by myself, but it's like I'll start saying the same shit over and over. <laughs> and uh, to have you have you here and go back and forth, and also, man, get to really uh, to know you, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll, 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 We'll uh we'll we'll go a little bit uh cause it, I mean we kind of started out from where you're at right now to Ford, so I mean I know it's a bunch of stuff before you got into yeah. that. We could talk for another three four hours on that alone. Definitely. So, <laughs> but hey man, again thanks for uh, for checking out uh, uh joining in everybody out there. Make sure you uh check out Jake's um uh, Instagram and stuff like that. I'll post everything at the bottom for you guys. Um, I didn't get any questions from you guys again, so make sure you go ahead and uh, check out podcast at pink podcast at dot com. Uh, to submit your questions, anything it could be, or anything you know, not even related to to motorsports or whatever, just any questions, and I'll answer them to the best of my knowledge. If I don't know that know it, I'll just message you back personally. Say I don't know it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't sound like a jackass speaking on politics when I don't follow them. You know, it is what it is, man. So again, guys, thanks for tuning in, and this will be uh, Donald Jackson, and Jake Jones signing out from Masawa, Japan, and uh, you're in Adelaide right now, correct? Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, so from uh, South Adelaide. Yep. So he signed off for South LA. So see you guys later. 
And uh, have a nice day. Make sure you're uh, torquing down those nuts and make sure you don't have any transmissions falling off, man. <laughs> so I'll see you guys later, man. Peace. Let me stop the recording. Hey, man, it was awesome, brother. Thanks for that. Uh, thank you, bro. Thank you.